0: Groovy, Mama, groovy! Now, see two of Disney's greatest, The Aristocats and Song of the South.
1: (laughs) The screen classic, Song of the South, together with the upbeat all-animation comedy smash, The Aristocats, rated G. We're, we're crawling we're crawling we're crawling crawling down what are do you gonna do brother yeah brother the rest would be uncivilized remember those commercials be it was what was it for um maybe uh uh was it was it was for deodorant i think it was for like deodorant or maybe it was uh what's the sailboat deodorant in, in cologne oh, like old spice? spice am i an old spice commercial maybe
2: not, not ringing a bell
1: no, he used to. That was the catch line. Like anything else would be uncivilized.
2: I kind of yeah. remember the catch line, but I don't remember.
1: Like he was like in a. He was like in a suit. Oh, not maybe. You like you know. He was like in a nice proper dinner jacket. Who was Hulkster? Yeah, that's the Hulkster. It's right around after slap into a Slim Jim. Was that no? That's Macho Man. Huh? That was ma- well. That was. That was both. of them, Both a right?
2: Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior both did Slim Jim commercials. No Hulk. But no, I don't remember a Hulk Slim Jim commercial. I remember an Ultimate Warrior one, and then of course Macho Man like, "Snap into a Slim Jim, yeah. <laughs> you know. snap into it. Study hall, getting you down, Snap <laughs> <laughs> into a Slim Jim." <laughs> we should do the entire show, and just, like, just wrestling. Yeah, I was like Mean Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> going east.
1: I'm going west. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning around, brother. Uh,
2: this, this is crazy this week. This yeah. is like we we perhaps maybe the most sleepover movie we've done to date. In my personal opinion, <laughs> I, I I completely agree with you. We yet again
1: we were gonna f- <laughs> we threw caution to the wind. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> welcome to another uh, exhilarating Saturday night movie sleepovers. We're here back Saturday night movie sleepovers. Jay Blake and Dion Baya, and we're um. Again, we had a movie plan for, for for the recording to p- to p- to, p- to be released, and we again put that one on hiatus. We've already recorded it. We we said this yeah. one is a little well. more urgent, and I don't know why. Oh, well, what was well
2: the the s- the C Yeah.
1: Well, that was that was last week, two weeks ago. We yeah. b- we did State of Grace, and we we kicked out the one that we had already recorded for that date, and then we moved that one up for this date, and then we said, you know what? WrestleMania is upon us. Uh, The Hulkster, uh, unintentionally, or I guess uh, uncoincidentally to us, uh, won his $115 million lawsuit against Gawker. Uh, So, And we had this movie. We've been thinking about this for a while. (coughs) And uh, you said, you know what? If I go look in my attic, I may still have this VHS. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, you know, hours and hours of going through your attic, looking through you know, all your. Boxes we found your of old GI VHS, Joe, VHS, melted VHS, melted VHS, VHS, home videos, home movies. We we found a box of old VHS, and like you know, we had in there like, uh, freaking cloak and dagger. We had in there, like, uh, freaking, uh, what's, what's the Lady Hawk? La-
2: we had the laser mission with Brandon Lee and Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, we had Which a we'll get to at
1: <laughs> Yeah, and then you, you <laughs> also had that other one in there. What's the c- there's that <laughs> Ernest Borgnine cop movie where he's down in Florida, and it's a superhero movie. F- hot Fuzz or Fuzz or? <laughs> super Fuzz. Super Fuzz. So we had all these crazy movies, and we're like, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And then we found the movie we were looking for. And luckily, it wasn't Betamax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we would have been screwed. But it was the movie we're doing this week. Big box. Yeah, because there's such a demand. Big hand, box. A Big clamshell <laughs> box. I mean, this is one of those things where you can drop this off a building, you
2: kill somebody with this thing. You know, it's... These uh, were
1: made for, like, NASA made the clamshell boxes to go into space and, you know, the, the VHS be, would be undamaged.
2: Because we do it every other week, you know, like our... Sometimes we try to be, we try to be you know, uh, topical or seasonal or whatever.
1: We just try uh, to throw a new angle so it's not the same old. And so,
2: you know, but unfortunately, because we do it every other week, like our State of Grace cast for St. Patty's Day was a little bit early. Yeah, it was <laughs> under, just under a week. It was like a two uh, months. And our, And our WrestleMania cast tonight...
1: Is is a little bit early? Oh, about a week, <laughs> a week or so early because it's also but, on the off week. But you know, screw
2: it. Yeah, you know, not everybody's going to listen to it
1: the day. It you drops. know, and, and uh, full disclosure, we had a pretty sweet ass idea to do for WrestleMania, which I think we're keeping in our pocket for next year. We might do it next year yeah. if we
2: can. If we freaking pull our shit together. Yeah,
1: and we, we we had a great idea, and we were actually going to pull the trigger and do it, but then we said, you know what, we're not going to be doing it justice if we
2: just rushed it. Into yeah, production. we didn't want to. We, we didn't want to shortchange our the, listeners. Yeah.
1: So we said, you know what? Why don't we just you know, reflect on it. Put it in our pocket. We'll try to do it for next year. Plan well take, in advance. It's going to take
2: a lot of prep.
1: A lot of prep.
2: It might be the biggest...
1: Yeah, that might be, like, our culmination e- event. Episode to date. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll huge. be on par with the Batman one. Yeah, it would be huge. It's going to be, you know, tens of... Hundreds of people are going to be wanting to <laughs> listen to it. Um, so, we, instead, we found this one. And, and it was really... We lucked out because this movie we're doing this week hadn't seen a DVD release until 2012. This movie came out in 89. 1989. eighty uh, nine. We're Summer Batman. We're doing Noah Holds Barred. It came out the same weekend, I want to say, as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, it's like
2: June, early June, June 2nd or so. Yeah.
1: So it was right before Batman's like June 23rd or 22nd, as is, is Tim Burton's Batman drops. And in that summer, we've talked about already, we had Star Trek five came out and flopped, sadly. You had Honey, I Shrunk the Kids come out. We had... Uh, Lethal Weapon Two come out. We had Batman come out. We had—I'm um, sure there's a couple other big ones in there. We had Last Crusade come out, and then right around that time, we have this movie come out: No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred, starring Hulk Hogan and Terry
2: Bollea. Terry Hulk Hogan
1: uh, uh, and and Tom Tiny Lister, who uh, I'm a big fan of Tiny Lister. <laughs> uh, who I don't know if this is his first role, actually. Tiny
2: Lister. I think he's in a couple of things before this, but uh, uh, this is like probably his first like. Where he's like a main character,
1: yeah, and and he comes into fame. I mean, in the '90s, he ends up doing like he's in. A, a, I keep for some reason bringing it up he's in Trespass. He plays Cletus, and then he goes on. He's in Friday, and then he has a pretty sizable role in The Fifth Element. He, he plays, plays the, the president, the president. <laughs> you know,
2: a <laughs> little, you know, yeah, against little, casting, yeah.
1: Which which hey, you know, I'm completely hey, in. Hey, Luke wants to do that. He sees uh, Tiny Lister being the president of the world and uh, whatever that 3000 AD. Good for him, and then. He's in some other stuff too, and he he, he's, he works a lot. Yeah, yeah.
2: Guy. I mean, because he, he he fills a demographic. I well, mean, he's there's the, f- you know, got a niche. He's got yeah. the crazy eye, and he's big guy,
1: and he's yeah, he's, he's, he's got a super look. he's super built just and jacked, you know. So, uh, you know, and he's, and he's he's gotten a lot of work. So bless him. And he seems like a really nice guy, you know. And he got to you know really wax his acting chops in Fifth Element, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he really showed us his side as a thespian, not just like as a
2: like a muscle bound guy. So anyway, is it a movie? Let me think if I can remember the name of this movie.
1: I like how we, we have such a big filmology. We know of tiny listers.
2: He's, uh, I believe it's him. He's in a movie that starred, of course, in college. I mean, it started before college, but I had a, a little bit of a, a thing for Alyssa Milano as the course. audience knows. And so I would rent Alyssa Milano movies, and I watched one, and she was in it, and also like Ice Tea. Yeah. A tiny Lister were in it. Well, that sounds right because then and it, when and I at, for the longest time I had a rule. I know that was like I don't watch movies with rappers yeah. in them. And oh, then, then everybody, then everybody would, it went to Ice T, didn't it? Just and then and then everybody would be like, even Ice T. I was like, Ice T is the reason why I made that rule, yeah. and that movie is the reason why <laughs> the that movie that made. Made, that made that movie made the rule. Uh man, I wish I could remember what it was. But but dropped it though because ice cube we it got too hard. Yeah. It got too hard. Cuz for a while their ice cube <laughs> was in triple X season Ghost of Mars. Well I season. had to see Ghost of Mars because I also have an, an all for, an all John Carpenter rule. Yeah. So, so that was that was some world clash. It was night. like I had a I had a no Vin Diesel rule. I, I but then you had to see Iron Giant. But I I've actually <laughs> never seen Iron Giant oh, that's a great even movie. though I know it's hugely popular. Uh now, like in retrospect, people have really rallied behind that. But when like Triple X came out, I didn't see Triple X in the movie theater, but I had to watch Triple X because Asi Argento was in it and and I have an all Asi Argento rule.
1: Yeah, Dario (laughs) and (laughs) Asi. So
2: sometimes one rule will supersede another, but the 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 thing with the movie with uh, Ice-T and Alyssa Milano and uh, Tiny Lister is there was a, a guy in that movie and I thought he was so good in that movie that I made a point to, rec- to like memorize his name. I'd never seen him in anything because I was like, that guy's going to be somebody. And it was Justin Theroux, who's like Jennifer Aniston's like boyfriend, husband, oh, wow. and. Writes movies with uh, yes. Ben Stiller and yeah 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 he had a bit part in it or no he was like, he was like one of the leads in this movie what's the movie? and he we, was and I was just like this
1: guy this guy's great what's the movie we watched and this is prior to your I guess no rapper rule because we watched this uh, in in the late nineties into the early odds uh, Ice T jumped I don't know if he was one of the main streamers to do this but he really jumped on that straight to uh,
2: VHS uh, are you talking about the Christopher Lambert movie
1: mm, I might be but <laughs> so every week you had Ice Ice T was in some new straight to video movie I mean he was making a lucrative industry this is prior yeah, to like Law well, and Order you know, you when, know he, when he turned what's
2: what's the one that we really need to do at some point the surviving the game oh, surviving the game that was I before, before the that. rule was put in place yeah.
1: Oh, uh, that's w- that's 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 a crazy movie. That w- that got a theatrical release, though. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, in the 90s, he got a lot. Of, he was in New Jack City. That's freaking huge. He was in, again, tra- Trespass. That's huge. He's, I- I'm sure he's in one or two other ones that were big. And then, you know, he he really landed a cushy role for, like, what is he going on, 15-plus years now of being just, like, a cop on SVU. Um, but we rented a movie where it was, like, a poor man's Charlie Bronson, that actor, and it was iced tea, and it was, like, Something gun top. Remember when we were in guns, mean guns, and we remember where they're in the prison.
2: Yeah, and I, I, was Ice Christopher Lambert.
1: Had, yeah. Ice teas like I have.
2: I have it all. Christopher Lambert.
1: Rules. Yeah, <laughs> so we watched that movie, and you remember the actor I'm talking about, who kind of looks like a poor <coughs> man, Charlie Bronson. I mean, he's nobody famous. I can't. But remember, he played one of the leads in it.
2: I can't remember anybody in that movie other than ice T and Christopher Lambert. And it was
1: like they're in like a prison, and yeah, Iced like, like the warden. He's like you got, and he has guns everywhere. Well, it's
2: like a. It's one of those I like, like
1: I can't believe we're talking about this movie. It's
2: like a. Tournament, or like a—it's the kind of thing where like all these hitmen show up for like a game or something. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great '90s plot, <laughs> and but it takes place in this like abandoned or or pre—maybe it's not a, maybe it's not like an old prison, but it's like a new prison it's that like hasn't been hasn't been used yet.
1: And I T's like and in they, the warden's office, like you motherfuckers. <laughs> 2 hours to come from.
2: And it was like they lock every all these hitmen in a move, in this in this prison together and then wh- whoever's like the last one alive wins. And they they've, they've like, like, hidden like weapons, weapons a, right? Like guns kind of and a, Yeah, it's like a uh, and the guns are real it's mean. Like a, what's it, that
1: uh hence the title. What's uh
2: What's the new what's the like the Japanese movie with the kids?
1: Oh, um oh, when they, when they're on the island. Yeah. Battle, uh, Casino Battle Royale. Casino Royale. <laughs> Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah it's like it's a Battle Royale
2: but with uh with, with hitmen. Yeah, it's not
1: like startling to have like, you know, Pre-pubescent pre-pudes- teens in it. Pubescent, pubescent. Yeah. You yeah. Okay. You got it. So um, we're talking about uh, Ice tea. Why are we talking about Ice T? Because the ti- tiny <laughs> Lester. Tiny yeah. Lester. Yeah. So we digress. Yeah. So we got this movie this week um, from 1989, No Holds Bar. And I guess they're thinking back in the day, they want you know the holster was in uh, Rocky Three, and they're like, we want to. G- uh, well, which is some years before. Well, yeah, years yeah that's like 80, it's like early 80s. So it's like, they're like 89 to like, crap, let's... Uh, well,
2: I mean, it was b- between Rocky three and and 1989, like, Holster became a superstar.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's uh, interesting to point out, or I guess it's needed to be pointed out, that back in the mid-80s, when, when, when wrestling uh, kind of hit its peak in popularity and went mainstream, it was huge. They had, they had a Saturday morning cartoon with, like, you know, and they had these, you know, all kinds of uh, franchising with toys. They had those big rubber. They had these rubber. Oh, yeah, like the hard. Yeah, rubber. but they, I, I still to this day <laughs> can't figure it out. They were at least, what, like a foot maybe? They I bet were you a foot h- high? You
2: know, I think we remember them being bigger than they are, but I bet you they were, like, a good n- eight, nine inches high. They were yeah. big. I mean, they're, yeah. like, I mean, what is that, ten
1: inches, I guess? Yeah. And this thing, they would be in these poses.
2: yeah like set poses. And you no couldn't move
1: them, and they're hard rubber. Yeah, and it then, was like
2: the rubber that like a hockey puck is made out
1: of. <laughs> yeah, and you could fight with them, and they were durable, but you could kill somebody with one of them. You could, yeah. you can
2: beat a child to death with that. I never had any of them, and I know they had a ring for them. Um, but it'd be weird because it's, most, it's like as we got older, they used to have
1: the starting lineup, and starting lineup had all the baseball figures, so they yeah. have these great – and and I never really understood the concept – then with progressed into the Todd McFarlane toys and, uh, yeah. you know, where it's like.
2: They're not there to play
1: with. Yeah, they're just posed. And then the only thing you can do is maybe move an elbow from left to right. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, like, you know, you have Don Mattingly and he's like on a, he's on first base and then it's like, all he does is just, you could take his hat off. And it's like, why? I guess the starting lineup, how do you play with a starting lineup? You know, he's going to hit a ball and run around a freaking, you know, a diamond. Well, you know,
2: it's funny. So I, those are more I never really thought about it, but like Possibly. my dad used to have, back when he was a kid. There were baseball figures, but they were like the size of the WWF figures, but they were hard plastic and they were posed. So we still have a bun- a bunch of them. My dad yeah. at my dad's house. That I mean, they're probably huge collector items now.
1: I remember. And had, they were they were they weren't they were hard plastic. And you couldn't. It wasn't like the GI Joe. You no, know, they of the were 60s. like in a pose. You know, like yeah.
2: uh, you know, like Willie Mays. <laughs> just, you, know, <laughs> you know, like just how was the you know, detail? Old, old well, by the time. You know, I saw them oh, yeah, they're, they were X yeah. amount of year you know decades and decades old I mean they were probably my dad's when he was little, so yeah. you know a lot of the paint and stuff was probably wiped off but um, but you know, not like you know, not like die casts, not a, nothing like like the McFarlane toys, yeah, but yeah. they were well, with cool. the, with those spawn
1: toys, it's like they wouldn't be. They look awesome, but they're just really more for the display as opposed to actually playing with
2: them. But I think you were supposed to play with the wrestling toys. The
1: wrestling toys that we're talking about, those big ones, definitely. I mean, you were supposed to to beat the shit out of each other with them. I remember they had,
2: like, thumb wrestler ones. They had 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 all kinds of stuff. Which was, like, them in a... A in like a grappling pose, yeah, and then you stick your thumb like in their ass. <laughs> stick, yeah, you stick
1: your thumb in the in, in the back, and then maybe you can even. And then put you your, sit
2: there and you do like a thumb wrestling with. I uh, haven't.
1: Yeah, you stick your thumb down, and then you would put your fingers like. Oh, no,
2: that's something else. And then but you could. That's not the one I'm, I'm thinking like of. But I think those were. I think they had those too, and uh, I mean
1: this got huge. Like, you can bring home all the action, get well, there your was the satisfaction. Cartoon. The car- tar- cartoon was see what. Uh, I'm from the New Haven area, and in the 70s, wrestling was huge up there because at the time, uh, wrestling was regional. And funny enough, my father, who worked for the railroad for 40 years, also knew a lot of guys who were wrestlers, and he knew, like, Bruno San Martino and... um, uh, you know Lou Albano and Andre the Giant back in the old days. Yeah, and We've got uh,
2: some fun stories about Andre.
1: Yeah, my dad has some very which I, which I I don't think we can really put to air. <laughs> Have
2: you? Has he told you these? It's, it's, I've heard a few. Yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah, they're kind of they borderline. on very crude and they're very uh, you know they're not really for public.
2: Yeah, they're not family. Uh, yeah, you're not know, family friendly, friendly, friendly
1: <laughs> stories. The, uh, the Andre you know and love and all that kind of fun stuff. So anyway, so uh, y- you know. Uh, Bruno San Martino used to run uh, whatever the World Wrestling WWF league was back then and then he sold it to I think Vince McMahon's father was involved and Vince McMahon got it and then Vince McMahon got the idea of taking all these regional wrestling yeah basically and then consolidating everything. there was
2: you know every region had a wrestling organization and Vince McMahon was the first one to say like we can like syndicate this live. We can make this a national brand yeah. as opposed to just like a Northeast brand. And
1: it was, it was very forward thinking. And he was able to do that, I guess, in the late 70s, early 80s. And I think he was able, able to consolidate or maybe just put other ones out of business who didn't want to participate. And then yeah. that's why you kind of got, uh, World Wrestling Federation was so popular and these other ones were very subpar to the point where it's like that that Mickey working for the wrestler where they're just like at like a Knights of Columbus Hall. Yeah, yeah. You know, doing some shitty stuff. But so in the eighties when this became uh, you know, into vogue with all these characters, this was huge. And then culminating like I'd say like 85-86 they had like TV shows they had well, all kinds yeah. of I shirts mean, then Hulk you had Hulk like Saturday in, Night
2: Main Event which was a big fucking deal in the 80s yeah and
1: then into the 90s you had like Monday Night Raw and, and I mean and then and then yeah, WWF became WWE and then I wasn't WC- until
2: like almost the 2000s yeah and
1: then WCW came out and a lot well, of WCW
2: people WCW and like uh, what was the other one ECW like those were around they were staying with like a smaller regional they were still they were around in the 80s it's just they didn't you know like WCW didn't come to prominence until like Ted Turner bought them to kind of battle Vince and Cable ratings I mean really it was Cable that Then a lot of people defected to him too
1: namely the Hulk as well
2: yeah yeah I mean it was really Cable that I think is what Prompted uh, the success and of uh, the popularity of wrestling because then you started the, there was the idea of like the pay per view event yeah that was huge and, stuff. and, and the WrestleManias were pay WrestleMania events. started in the mid eighties with the first one and it just I think it was really the idea of like cable television that really forced you know wrestling into like kind of a you know into like a, the spotlight in a way because I don't think you could have done that with just you know m- like Saturday Night, Night Event was a weekly syndicated TV show that you would see on like non-cable television because I didn't have cable in Philadelphia. But you know, it wasn't until was, like Raw, but that started like in the '90s, all that stuff. Then you wouldn't have been able to do that with just like six channels yeah, <laughs> or yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, it's it was the popularity of cable that really allowed wrestling to become really fucking prominent and to think that you had like <clears throat> the toys and you had the shirts
1: and you had the posters and you had the the, the cartoon it was a real uh,
2: cartoon was a saturday morning cartoon yeah it was a real silly cartoon and too. it had i recall that it had like live action oh, elements like. to it like wraparound yeah. and stuff and then there was the record which i fucking had man i don't know if i had it on record i definitely had it on tape what was the record which would be like uh them all singing some of them were them singing and then you'd have, like, the theme song. So you would have, like, Rick Derringer's, like, I am a real American, like, Hulk's theme song. Yeah, yeah. That was on there, but then you'd have, like, little comedy bits with, like, Junkyard Dog in between. <laughs> and then, like, the Iron Cheek or whatever, like, in between. And so it was, like, part, like, comedy record, part mm, songs. And it's weird because there's such a...
1: It's like they, I wouldn't say they sold out, but they became this mainstream, kid-friendly, family-oriented show with toys and the cartoons. But then you think about pre and post that era. I mean, it was like gritty. You know, you're you're watching dudes like breaking chairs over their heads. They're taking the razors oh, yeah. to their Well, face, ECW I mean?
2: was, I think that's where like ECW and uh, WCW, like during the 80s, they were. Glow, remember Glow? Oh, Glow, Gorgeous Ladies Wrestling. I yeah. was just talking about Glow with somebody because very few people remember Glow.
1: Oh, Glow was huge because I was always looking for, I don't know why, the, 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 my friends would always say like, you know, you know, her top's going to come off and that would never happen, <laughs> but you'd always watch and just, you know, and, and you're, you're six years old watching to see this girl, is gonna, you're going to see her breasts. Yeah, her.
2: well, there's an interesting documentary that was on Netflix for a while, I don't know if it's still there, but it's it was a, about Glow, about like how that came to... The the rise of glow. Yeah, yeah. And that's Uh, not,
1: of course, no longer. I mean, I wonder if they have... I guess they have girls who do wrestle, but it's more... Yeah, but now it's like
2: WWF or WWE. Like, has like the the WWE divas. You know, they have like their own female wrestlers. Or or, or
1: do they play them off as like managers almost? Sometimes
2: sometimes they're either managers or... Like girlfriends uh, but there are ones that are definitely yeah sometimes girlfriends but there are ones that are definitely just like wrestlers like Trish yeah. Stratus and Lita I mean I'm dating myself even more because I had a roommate when I lived in Portchester after we graduated from college that was way fucking into wrestling shout out to Phil yeah <laughs> Phil Nuvia. <Newfian. laughs> um and because he was into it, he would get the he would get like every pay per view a month. Because now there's one every month. Yeah, a there's friend like of Summer mine. Slam and this and.
1: There's you know. a Steadicam operator <clears throat> I work with who loves wrestling, and he has that he bought the ticket, whatever it is, and he had, he pays a monthly or yearly fee, and he sees all those for free. And, and yeah, I don't, he's huge into
2: it, you know. And I don't pawn. I'm, I don't say like he was into it. Like I don't pawn it off. Like. You know like he was the one that was into it but he was into it and then because he was into it we started i started watching it too yeah and so there was a period there for like a, c- a couple of years in like the early 2000s where like i was in, i was like current on what was going yeah. on in wrestling so i, mean, I basically it became so like I'm, a male soap so i don't know if it's like trish stratus and lita or i don't know if they're still wrestling or, or not yeah. but like those were the the and we would go we went to, we went to a summer slam at uh, madison square garden and the the fun the most fun thing it's actually really kind of lame to see a wrestling event live because yeah. you don't ha- you can't hear like the announcers
1: yeah you just heard the b- b- yeah you it. just
2: hear like like the white noise of crowd and then like occasionally like yeah, <laughs> you know, on the mat <laughs>
1: yeah and then their theme song would play like yeah yeah. yeah yeah but it's like but what they used to do for. I mean, in the 80s, which I think they they incorporated into their shows, the live event shows, is they would have these little vignettes where they'd have, like, a little interview area that would be set up as like a look like a set, you know, maybe with a desk or just two yeah, chairs. Yeah. I mean, like me would be there. Yeah, pi- yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, or they have like a barbershop for like you uh, You know, <laughs> speak, the you know what I mean, and they have all these little vignettes that that got pretty colorful. But at the same time, these dudes, it's like you think about them trying to tame these wild beasts. Yeah. These dudes, I mean, I, I can't imagine now. You have a guy like the Undertaker who's still wrestling, and he's been. Re- I mean, Hulk Hogan, he's been wrestling since the mid late seventies. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, can you? Imagine the the, the the amount of of like just brutalization and he's like the
2: yeah, he's like the pinnacle of it. Like, Hulk. Yeah, Like, yeah. You can't. He's like the Jenna Jameson. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, like you get to a certain there's a certain popularity. Yeah, he's like a success. A Hugh you know, you can't success. Like you can't. There's no one that's been more successful at wrestling than Hulk Hogan. In,
1: yeah, in the '80s when you became well, it was the Hulkamania, and then all the Hulkster. with well, the he had a name for all the fan the Hulkster kids and. Yeah. uh and then he'd have all
2: these signature, like, uh, you know, take your, say your prayers and take your vitamins it was like, he was very like kid friendly, all yeah, American, which I like, which I thought,
1: uh, you know, I hearken back to those days when, when it's all
2: very much. Well, it's about interesting the- because for me it was, uh, you know, there's the there's like the mid to late eighties when I was a kid, kid. And then I was into wrestling. And, and then then who wasn't at that time? Yeah, you know what I mean, and then so like wrestling's always been like there's been like tent poles in my life where like wrestling was a thing. So it was then. I like, was Hulkamania. That's when we had the cartoon show. Yeah, you had like you know Captain Lou in the Sydney Lauper video. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. and uh, and then in like the mid early to mid 90s I got into it again because it was on Saturday afternoon well I think a lot of people I don't know why it was with uh, Razor Ramon was my guy yeah you know I don't know why why
1: why it went away but in the late 80s I think maybe because of Batman and those other big franchises that came out it kind of took a back seat but then in the early 90s it came back with like you know like you're saying Earthquake with Tugboat with uh Undertaker with Jake the Snake Roberts who'd always been there but yeah, like those yeah. well, Undertaker you know, was a big deal yeah, with Rick Paul Bearer Ra- yeah Paul Bearer and, and Razor Ramon and uh, the, all
2: those those then,
1: main slay, slay Rick Rice the guy that get the shit beat out of everything and then
2: so I did I was into it for a while and I had it for like Sega Genesis I had like Monday Night Raw and Sega Genesis and then you had a new new generation gen- of figures Dink and Doink too. and uh, you know and you know Lex Luger. and Yeah. although the, the macho,
1: um, uh, Mr. Perfect <laughs> and Virgil and the Million Dollar Man. Bret Hart. I was a big Bret Hart fan. Yeah. Oh, Ultimate And then, a, and
2: then he kind of stopped for a couple years. And then when you and I were in college, you had, like, the battle between WCW and WWF. Yeah. Which now you have, like, the NWO. And then you and I started watching it on, like, when you started watching the WCW one, Uh, we would, we had, like, a thing. On Monday nights? Yeah. We would get, it was when you lived in the old... Oh, the so apartments, The apartments. and we would get Chinese food. Do you you don't remember this? We would order Chinese food to your apartment, and then we would sit there and we would watch WCW every Monday, Monday Nitro.
1: How how many uh, how many years is that going for? I mean, how I'm many, many years? I mean, how many. We did
2: that for quite a while. It was a, a semester, maybe two. We got into it for a little while. Every Monday night, we'd order Chinese. Huh? We would order Chinese That's food, and we would, I, I would always get pissed because the fucking delivery guy would get lost. I do. And you could that. never find it on campus, and I'd be calling up like, "Where the fuck is it?" Yeah. Then, then, then he did get all a charged up. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching Rick Flair. Blake Blake wants to go beat some. <laughs> whoo.
1: Blake wants to go like body <laughs> slam somebody,
2: and then we stopped watching it. And then when I moved into the house with Porchester, we got got way fucking into it with Phil
1: and it's and around that time I remember when going out of high school and into college for us in the late 90s there started to show up on television late at night the lower not lower budget but less uh, it was almost like a cult classic the the kind of lesser known wrestling where I don't know what league it was but it was like the dudes doing the crazy shit oh yeah with well. people were like jumping off like the second tier onto like Table well, the, ECW wire. during that
2: time when we were in college and and just after ECW be, was the one that was really fucking hardcore. That's where you got like uh, I don't know. It's the one where you get like the thumb tacks on the fucking yeah, and, and they're, and they're and using like ladders that. and they're and then they're eventually WWE bought ECW and WCW. This was like during that period when I was getting into it with Phil in Port Chester. So what
1: are they, they I guess they bought out the competition. They, they
2: bought it out and. They actually had two leagues going. It was very complicated. That had the WWE guys on, like, Monday nights. Well, WWF
1: turned it because of the uh, World uh, Wild. Wildlife Federation or cons- whatever it was. They were like, yeah. this is our fucking name, and we've been letting you get away for, for 20 years, so fuck off. So yeah, yeah. for some sort of legal arbitration, WWF was like a ri- became WWE. Yeah,
2: it was originally they were like, you can be WWF as long as you don't use the same font. You know, like the your your logo which is very nice in like that the conservatory the, the. Uh, and I think it was partially it was the, it was partially that and by the time in the in like the late nineties, which I think the late nineties period where we're talking about with like the, the the you know like the NWO, WCW, those wars like the Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I think those will, those are really important because and and. I think that no holds barred is definitely like a precursor of like forecasting that that's going to happen. Yeah. So we'll get into that. But well, then there
1: was some animosity, I guess. I guess uh, not just in the um, the telenovela of the world of the, of the wrestling, but I guess behind the scenes where I guess some people jump ship from Vince McMahon. Well, yeah,
2: because Ted Turner had a fucking like. You
1: Zillion know, dollars, right? He had, a, he
2: had like a blank check. You know, had like a checkbook that would just say write like blank checks to these people because he wanted to, and he did. I mean, it became even bigger at, at some yeah. point. So you had With all these ratings.
1: all these wrestlers that were in the WWF, WWE, WWE kind of like yeah. defect over, and that's where you, like I said, you get Hulk Hogan becomes like the Hollywood Hulk, where he had that five o'clock shadow. Yeah, he was yeah. the bad guy, and then when that hey, that was a good shtick for a while.
2: But I think it was during that period where finally the professional wrestling world said. Stop pretending that it was real and said, this isn't sports. It's sports entertainment. They made, they finally like, they came out and were like, okay, this isn't a real sport. It's sports entertainment. Yeah. And I think that's partially why WWF became WWE, World, oh. Re- World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. And try to further that. Yeah. To kind of narrative. make the distinction that it's, this is entertainment and try to build a brand based on that.
1: Now. I also, to, uh, to remember when I started seeing in the late '90s those late night, you know, local channels of people like you know doing that stuff at the civic centers, they're you know oh yeah, like the
2: public access. Yeah, you start.
1: Sure. I start seeing now. This is when you started getting the backdoor wrestling or back. I'm sorry, not backdoor. Backyard. Backyard wrestling, where you see these kids now. All of a sudden, the generation of like us getting older. I guess it was kind of our generation, a little younger. Yeah. People were like trying to mimic these moves. And it got to the point where I mean, people were hurting themselves, but that be- became an, a, a subgenre sport in itself. These and, people doing and again,
2: Phil Nuviano. That period when we got Reign of Wrestling, we bought all the DVDs of the Backyard Wrestling. Yeah, so it got so popular that it's it. it, it they it got he, they even formed a PlayStation game, Backyard Wrestling. Yeah, which so we he, had. so I wonder if there was like
1: celebrities in that, like you were a Backyard Wrestler, and then you know they got bought out by some, I guess some. Uh, you know, uh, company was like, "Hey, you know, th- we can't make money on this." And then, like you said, they DVD. they started
2: making compilations. They would buy up these videos of these kids wrestling, and, and it's almost it like
1: was- the Y two K. Like, remember, like the. Um What's his face? Uh, uh, the dude from MTV. Remember the Y2K videos of like uh, Steve-O and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Not Johnny Dollar. What's the dude's Knoxville. name? Johnny Knoxville. You know, like yeah. them doing crazy shit on skateboards. Those used to book in skateboard videos. You'd watch skateboard videos. and In the middle, there'd be like some vignette of them pissing at each other in a hotel room while they're drunk yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Or uh, there's that other guy, Bodega. Oh, I forget his name. Just, um, Bam or whatever. Bam Jerry. Yeah, but then like... Th- this is what these were doing. These dudes, instead, were doing that. They were, like, doing this backyard oh, wrestling the, the, stuff. Oh,
2: the backyard wrestling, especially, like, the first two. Because yeah. there's, like, I don't know how many there are. We stopped at, like, four because they started to get kind of lame. But the first two backyard wrestling DVDs, and this was, like, the era of, like, girls gone wild where yeah. like you would have like these short little infomercials of like these dvds are available and you would call and you'd order them i think uh, although i think we bought ours at like best buy
1: It was a very romantic era there where it was like you know dvd it was like that was like right when the the dvd as a format was it was before blu-ray you know dvd come in it kind of kicked out vhs cds were it, around it was pre-internet to the point of like you know where people were going to like people had chat rooms and stuff but it wasn't nearly as like you know to 2000s when it exploded. But the
2: beauty, the beauty, I think, why I latched onto the backyard wrestling was it was very much in the in the in the uh, vein. vein of like making movies with your friends which we, talk, we talked about with like Breakfast Club and like the fan movie or just making movies like it was like crappy VHS and some of them were just matches but they would have like real some of them had like real rings that they would build
1: that's the, that's the insane
2: thing like, and then some of these... them had storylines yeah. and you'd be like you
1: know and I don't uh, know how many of these kids wouldn't get hurt I mean they're doing like rings oh, some
2: of them I mean they would do the heart so a lot of them would do like the hardcore shit there were people like Luke Hadley who it was like, he seemed like he wanted to be like a real wrestler. So yeah. he had like actual moves and shit. And, but then you'd get like these guys that were just about like, I remember there was like this dungeon death match in the on the first DVD and it was between a guy named the Confederate. And these are just teenage kids. You know, they don't have outfits or anything. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Confederate named uh, against Trey Deep.
1: And how old were they in relation to you at the time? Were they our contemporaries or are they younger?
2: They looked like they were probably younger. But you also don't know when the videos were made. But they were definitely younger than us because it was during that really hardcore thing. And there was like... You know, they threw like a bag of like thumbtacks on the ground at the wrestling. And they'd get up and they'd have thumbtacks all stuck to yeah. the backs. And they like lit something on fire. And this is like in your parents' basement. <laughs> it was like if we started doing that right now. And... Uh, but every time the like the tr- every time Trey Deep would be, like be like in the lead like he'd have him in a hold <coughs> the confederate would like uh you know would turn it around you know like he would so whenever well that was always like a that's like a timeless
1: move that like yeah, when yeah. You t- to prolong a wrestling bout yeah. You know, I mean, even if it was, like, a like a headlining thing, it'd be, like, how many times would you beat the crap out of the guy, get him down, and then you'd be, like, you know, it was a count to three count, and you but get two had, and a half, but, and he'd get kicked off.
2: But this guy just have it every time this guy, Trey Deep, started doing it. So that it became a term between Phil and I when we would watch, like, regular wrestling. Like, oh, shit, he got Trey deep <laughs> Like, we got so into it. it we should so, try to have that was was trend, see if we can get that to, uh, hashtag I mean, Trey Deep. The, in the way that these... uh and the way that the you know this show about talking about these kinds of mo- about movies is very nostalgic, as you can tell just from me talking about it like that is a very nostalgic yeah. part of my life was living in that house and getting way into wrestling and <clears throat> we had a uh, we would pl- he had like on PlayStation Two we had. Uh, What's the Thursday show? Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. He had, like, the SmackDown video game. And in it, you can... Make cr- your own wrestling, You right? can make your own yeah, wrestling. That was
1: huge when that came out. I remember that on the PlayStations and stuff. And maybe... Did they have one for 64,
2: like an NWO one or NW something? or. And we... He had the game and we would play it. And for some reason, we never fought each other. We would always be a tag team. But there was one day we had another roommate named Phil also. And so he did something and we got so fucking pissed at him. That we we were so mad that we went into the SmackDown game and we made a character that looked exactly like this other roommate of ours, to a T. Like, look, I spent like an hour making him, and then we sat there and we did a two-player so that like that character just stands there, he doesn't do anything, and then my buddy Phil, who's into wrestling, he and I just sat there and we did like wrestling moves on him for like two. We <laughs> beat the <laughs> crap out of him. Yeah. But then he that character turned out so well that then we made our own characters.
1: Yeah, that look like yourselves. Yeah, they
2: look like ourselves, and it was just so funny because they looked so much like us. And you pick like your own names, so it would be like Ghost and Cobra are now entering the <laughs> ring. And, and, it, and we would sit there and wrestle. It would be like a character that looks exactly like me in a red T-shirt and a black button-down shirt, which I'm wearing right now in a baseball cap. Like, it's dressed, dressed exactly the way I'm dressed at this moment while we do this podcast.
1: And it's funny because then to bookend this, who was your fourth roommate in Port Chester?
2: Oh, John Lloyd Young.
1: Yeah, <laughs> who is who people, you know, uh, our listeners out there will know as the... Uh,
2: he played. He won the uh, Tony Award for playing Frankie Valli in Jersey Boys. Yeah, and went
1: on to do the Jersey Boys movie. He toured for a little bit, and then he went and did the, the Clint Eastwood Jersey Boys movie. He plays Frankie Valli in it. So it's funny because this is pre-Jersey Boys. And the funny thing is... He's I'm your roommate, you know, because he was in our films yeah, and film yeah. school, and then he moved in with you because we became friends with him in Porchester, and then he moved out, went to the city, and then he ended up being in the Jersey yeah, Boys yeah. and becoming famous and Tony Award winning. But the
2: funny thing <laughs> is, like because of like the backyard wrestling and the wrestling this is a this would be the embarrassing part of the story is that like we kind of we would start goofing around and like wrestling like we had like a little
1: foyer. Yeah, in the middle where all your rooms kind of connected. Connected, like combined. It was like an octagon with like
2: doors. And we would sit there and we would joke around and like wrestle in this thing. And of course John never participated, but because he was always in his room like working on something, we always called him the commissioner. So whenever there was like a ruling, we'd be like, John, John, you have to rule on this. (laughs) (laughs) And so we he would be like what John Lloyd Young would come <laughs> yeah, out yeah yeah and sometimes he would come out and be like John you gotta count this one and John would come out and be like what <laughs> <laughs> this is Frankie Valley from the Jersey Boys <laughs> I mean he was like totally not into it but he was like he was just like
1: no but he wasn't like looking at like it was below him. no he was no all but he games. was totally just like humoring us. yeah by, exactly by, by, like, okay be, okay by
2: being a part of
1: it now, I have a horrible John Lloyd Young story in your place one night which I don't want to get uh, out, yeah. to be embarrassing but I i was in his room looking at stuff and he walked in with a girl and i was like oh jesus i'm sorry
2: yeah, he was not supposed he we, we thought he was going to be spending the night at his girlfriend's house the came over and hung out the night we saw terminator 3 oh yeah it was 2003 july 2003. and i was like, you could just sleep in john's room and yeah. uh then john walked in with his girlfriend yeah
1: and i was looking at somebody's playboys and then uh mid-looking well, i not that i wasn't doing anything
2: <laughs> yeah naughty i was just, flipping just i mean, through. i
1: was flipping through some playboys and he comes in with his girlfriend I'm like ah this is awkward <coughs> so uh, <coughs> anyway, yeah, the, those so the, the, wrestling. This, yeah, wrestling it was so it was so huge, and then you know in the in, it was always looked down at, like you know wrestling in the fifties and sixties and seventies was always looked down at, and you know it was always like a like I guess this is like almost like Rod Serling's requiem for heavyweight. It was like frowned upon, like that was like the 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 lowest level of it, if you can even want to call it entertainment. A lot of times. Boxers, they would end up being in this. You know, it'd be like the Indian versus like you know it was yeah, it was a good yeah. guy versus bad guy. And then oh so yeah, I mean the
2: eighties with the Cold War, you had I mean, yeah, you had like the, the Iron, Iron Sheik, Sheik was Iranian, and then you had Nikolai Volkov, Volkov who come the, on. And, and, the,
1: I mean, they really played. So yeah, my point is, so once this kind of got bona fide in the sense of popularity into the eighties, and then this became like a. I guess I wouldn't say well-regarded, but a very popular, for especially for children, uh, like a sport or entertainment where they had cartoons and toys. They very m- much played to like, you know, yeah, you had like the, Hulk Hogan was the American and he, yeah, you know, yeah. he'd like the red, white, and blue almost. And then, You'd have, like, Nikolai Volkov would come in, freaking, you know, wh- he was banishing the freaking Soviet Union you yeah, know, he flag. Like the, he would like, the red
2: shirt on with, like, with the... With the sickle and the <laughs> hammer,
1: and he's all, like, you know, communism with like the, roles. With
2: the, with the fur hat on. Yeah,
1: the fur hat, and he'd have, like, a picture of freaking, like, um, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, you know, and he'd, like, he'd rip up a picture of, you know, Reagan, and we'd be
0: like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's very much Rocky Four, you know? So it was very polarizing. And then, yeah, for some reason it kind of, I guess because of like the advent of like, I think uh, comic books like Batman and sure. Ninja Turtles and maybe Dick Tracy and uh, whatever else came out in like 89, 90, 91. Then this kind of came back and then those storylines, you have like the second wave almost where it's like you had like a lot of those telenovela-esque stories. Like I remember watching, I was in Lake George vacationing with my family and, you know, it was like we went out in the morning, came back, and they wanted to take a nap in the afternoon before we went, we went to dinner in the evening. And I'm sitting there on the, like, carpet watching, like, the Jake the Snake. remember that whole thing, like, trust me, trust me. And he did something with somebody where he, he was supposed to be, like, his Padawan training somebody. <laughs> and then he, he, he went against the guy. And, it, and then you thought Jake was good, but Jake's bad. It's... So very much play to these.
2: Oh yeah, I mean it's one it's week they're good, one week they're bad. You know, I it's mean like it's drama like at its purest. I mean it's basically male soap operas. It's like yeah. you know. I mean you take even like a, a channel that I'm sure we've mentioned before. On the show, and I mention a lot on our Facebook page, is El Rey, which is run by uh, Robert Rodriguez. And there's a show on there called Lucha Underground. And it's like the Lucha Libre Mexican-style wrestling. But that show is kind of... I don't watch it regularly, but when I watch it, it is, like, super entertaining. Because it really takes the idea of soap opera to another level. Because it's... you got the wrestling stuff, the masks, the crazy flying around, um, jumping off shit, all that's happening. But then, like, the interstitials... Are shot and feel exactly like a telenovela that's, like that's even like even more so than like you know it was like a very authentic like telenovela. yeah you know that 's
1: very interesting a point to bring up that like uh, you know from what i 've seen in recent years and, and um, you know I think culminating to like nowadays, those wraparound stories and those backstories have become almost as important, if not more important, than the actual match. So oh in the yeah. old days, you know, you'd it have puts them match. the match. It match in context. Yeah, and so it's like, you didn't just have them, like, when we would watch it, you'd have the ma- match, and then you'd have maybe some sort of thing, like you're saying, like, you'd have, like, Piper's Pit, where they'd come down, and Mean Gene would try to, like, you know, corral these, you yeah, know, yeah. these gladiators, and they'd have these. They try to talk, and they would burst into a fight, and that would be the end of like your.
2: Oh, um, you, <coughs> you passed, pissed at you,
1: pissed me, but then you it got into like the girlfriends and the, the behind the scenes where they're they're doing stuff like you know, uh, at the venue like backstage in the green room. Sure. It's, it's it's hilarious. Well, I
2: think originally, if I recall, like back in the '80s, it was much more like. They would stand in front of a background and just like yell at the camera. I'd be like, "Dion, I'm gonna, you know, like come this <laughs> yeah, Saturday yeah, and night." Me and
1: Gene would be like, "What's
2: on your mind?" And, he'd be like, yeah. and then it was like, and then Piper's Pit came along, which was be like, it was like a talk show setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, it just like evolved into like. Then being like backstage, like in the locker or in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah and they're even, not even off the bus yet. <laughs> and, like it, it just kept on like evolving <laughs> into like this soap opera. But it, you're right. I mean, th- that stuff is more important probably than the wrestling because you take a movie like like if you were to take a movie like Rocky. Yeah. just because it's a sports story or any sports story or whatever that culminates in like a match at the end like the fight of if you, all you watched was the end fight of rocky like y- you would get a gist of like the music and it w- you would probably be emotionally moved by it but without the rest of the movie to tell so you the it's like sex to it's, tell like, tell it's you like the foreplay to, to, to tell the you the act. importance if you don't yeah. know the importance of the match there's no build up it's like eh. you have no context to put it in and that's where all the drama Well, comes I think
1: in, I think they realized maybe when, you, when you're taking it out of in the 70s where it's basically you're going to these venues these coliseums well, I, or these yeah. auditoriums to see the match they realized once they started televising these they needed to have a little more than just people beating the shit at yeah, each other yeah. for like
2: well, I think rounds I th- and rounds th- I think the ideas of like the Nikolai calls, like the very the, the, the archetypes yeah. the very like solid like like unmistakable archetypes probably start from that era like what you were saying before because like you c- didn't have time to put everything in context so you just like we'll have like the Russians yeah we, we hate, hate the Russians, Russians. yeah so like it, it was versus it was versus the American you're or, using the st- yeah. you're using stereotype yeah, the
1: hillbilly versus or like the black guy versus the Klansman or the I f- Indians I find
2: it boys. I mean I find professional wrestling the history of it the making of it how they actually do it in the ring is fascinating I find it all it's like it's and especially the school people realize there's like a school you have to go to and there's people who like
1: have ambitions to become professional wrestlers and it's not just you committing yourself to saying I want to be a professional wrestler and maybe getting in shape. You have to actually, there's like a bar you have to meet and there's people who maybe want to do it all their lives. That It's like being like a, a baseball player. It's like, yeah. you know, you may not be able to get to the major leagues because of whatever reason. So yeah. it's just as competitive I find in it's wrestling.
2: Just, it's like an end for me anyway and it's not something I've really watched like regularly in, a, in now maybe a decade, but, um, I find it's a topic that I find absolutely fascinating. What's the
1: really good documentary that came out in the late 90s?
2: Um, what was that one called? Something
1: Rumble or something, or, uh, it's, it's, um, I'll have to put a link, but it's. A, I remember it was. It was a documentary that was. Yeah. I think done in conjunction with with WWE or WWF and interviewed. Yeah, a lot well, of people. it
2: has like. You s- it was like it was a dark. You see, like the darker side of it, like me, like uh, Jake Snake the Jake, uh, Jake the Snake, like smoking crack. Yeah, crack
1: and stuff. You know, well, it's hard. That's another thing people don't realize the toll. Of this, I mean, because for for you and I to just fuck around here, it's one thing, but. If you're on their their level, I mean, like, if you and I are in the ring with them, like a a, a phony slap to them to, to us is like getting punched. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys are quite. And then if you're, like, not a high like like high like on a drug, but if you're maybe just high on the adrenaline, or like, maybe if you have some painkillers on board, or you're kind of maybe buzzing off beer, I mean, those guys can really freaking
2: yeah, well, beat the crap you know, out of you. It's each other. why some of them like Brock Lesnar and stuff have gone to like the MMA stuff. Yeah. Because. Even though the MMA stuff is "quote unquote" is, is real, and the and the, the and the professional wrestling stuff is "quote unquote" fake. Like, when you fight in MMA, you fight maybe once, twice a year. Yeah. Whereas, as a professional wrestler, even though like it's, you know, somewhat scripted or it's not really even choreographed, it's actually a very fascinating way they do it, but. You're still; it's still like three hundred pound guys. Well, what do you know about it? Throwing, right. Each, right. throwing each other around, and so like, I mean, they, the, they reverse. They have they, kind of
1: like a, like a blocking, almost like a play. Like we no, talked about, Jackie Gleason. what, not like even two weeks ago where he, not, he wouldn't rehearse. The funny
2: thing is, it's like it's not even blocking. It's they talk about it. They might talk about the match for a while before they go out and do it. There's usually most times from what i understand i watched some documentary that really and i, I brought
1: into jackie it. Gleason i'm not to say that he wrestled <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because he didn't he didn't like to do more than one or two takes and you know he would only go up there and maybe just go through the blocking of the scene in the movie or the show where that's what we're talking about yeah leison yeah.
2: but the, w- the way it kind of works is that from my understanding is clearly most of the time it's you know who's going to like they know behind the scenes who's going to win the match so what they do is you have the two wrestlers, and they constantly talk to each other, like into the, each other's ears, yeah. because it's not really blocked, you know, or choreographed. It's, and then you have the the real function of the referee is not so much to like do the count or whatever. He's like the middleman between the director. Sometimes it's the um, announcers because somebody's reading the crowd. And then he's cueing the the referee, and then the referee will go over to the corner, like you have to break it up, you have to break it up. But what he's really saying is like, okay, now you got to turn it around. Like he's taking cues. It's it's this huge, you know, like puzzle that's kind of happening where somebody's reading the crowd of what they really want they're queuing the referee so if the crowd is going one the yeah.
1: way they're like you got
2: to bring this back or the ref that. and then the, he's queuing the referee the referee's queuing the wrestlers the wrestlers are talking about like, okay now i'm going to throw you into the yeah, into the corner or, or, or you know now we're going to do this and so it's all about it's all like choreograph it's choreography happening instantaneously you know what i mean and you remember uh i I remember for a while, and then they'll be like, "Okay, we need to wrap it up now. Now it's time to like end the match." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I remember for a while it was like in the '80s. Certainly, you never really saw any blood. I mean, you, I think in the early days you would, yeah. but then for a while, probably when it got into the cartoon era with the toys, they probably didn't want to have people bleeding, you know, in a ring. Maybe, yeah. s- maybe if it wasn't televised, you'd get that. But then I remember at some point when you got into like the cage matches or the freaking no holds barred—no <laughs> pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Then I remember, like, there was, you know, somebody's bleeding now for the first time. And it's like, oh, my God. So I remember how it just got, s- they get well, amping it up to that level. I know, can't believe we're, we're 15 minutes into the podcast. We haven't even talked about well, it. Well, I <laughs> mean, even, it.
2: like, when they would bleed and stuff, it would be the referee would, like, slip them a little piece of, like, razor. <sighs> to slip the wrestler, to, you know, because they can't fucking hold it.
1: I know. Of course. You, you know, you so it's like, it's just <laughs> I remember there's a video somewhere of, like, a. Uh, I think I brought this up b- before. It's like Lou Albano's like they're doing one of these little vignettes and they're talking, and then he gets like hit in the head, and you just see him like cutting himself, <laughs> 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 and then he's like bleeding. It's like, oh my god, can you be any more subtle? <laughs> you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a fascinating like all the w- moving parts that have to happen for it to work.
1: Yeah. Um, and they're based now. WWE uh, is in Stanford, Connecticut, and they which do a I, lot of I'm stuff. I'm not
2: positive, but I feel like as we get into the movie, like I think he- a lot of it was shot here. Yeah, like the headquarters of, of like worldwide television or yeah. whatever. I think it's Stanford. Is, is, and the, I, is the WWE headquarters? And I like, think
1: like, a lot of those the houses looked very much like like the scenes when they're driving around in the limo. I thought that looked exactly like where we went to college, like yeah, in Westchester, yeah. like like Perch. I think rye, it's all shot up there, most you of it anyway. And then I think some of it maybe where they had the actual. Your vent or whatever could have been down in Florida or down south, but like a lot of yeah, yeah. a lot of the stuff looked uh, very much up there. Well, anyway, yeah. So, so
2: no holds barred. No holds barred. Nineteen eighty nine. Uh, Hulk, so Hogan, tiny Hulk Hogan. Thanks. See you later. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, we got Hulk Hogan playing a character named Rip Thompson, <laughs> and he's the WWF WWF champion. And so did ca- they
1: ever make that clear that it's WWF? I think
2: it's mentioned that it's WWF, and it definitely the opening it opens. At an event, a oh, WWF yeah. event, with yeah. Mean Gene yeah, and, freaking, and, and oh, cameo, Jesse the Body. Jesse
1: the Body. And Jesse the Body's in that. It's post-Predator, because Predator's 87. Jesse the Body's in that era where he in his post-Running Man. And Jesse the Body, he's in that era where he had, like, freaking the things. that Remember the things in his hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, like, completely wacky. And then it's like Mean Gene. So when this movie opens, I'm, like, so into it. I'm, like, this is
2: great. Mean jeans here my <laughs> old friend. You know, and it's just so it opens, and there's a match, and uh, we find out very quickly that Hulk Hogan's not playing Hulk Hogan. He's playing Rip Thompson, and in his corner is his brother, Randy, um, who—Randy, uh, uh, It's I was surprised to see that this guy's been around so long. I, I, uh, when the show was on Being Human, mm-hmm. which was a remake of a British show, but when Sci-Fi Channel had it— uh, this guy who played Randy was in that. He had had a somewhat significant role in that show as as Bishop. So I was like, man, this was like so long ago. I was really shocked to see that this guy's floated around. And he's actually, I think he plays one of like the guys in the, one of the thugs in uh, Big Lebowski. When I went lucky on IMDb to see what else he's done, he's actually been around a really fucking long wow. time. But it was like, I'm like, I know that guy. Um, I couldn't
1: tell who he was at first. I didn't know if it was like, who's this blonde guy hanging out? Because it seemed very homoerotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Hulk finally yeah. said, this is my brother. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. You know, cause then I was like, who's this third guy that are just hanging out? And like,
2: you know. So it's like, Hulk's finishing move is not like the big boot or whatever. I'm it's longer. like they really tried to, his colors aren't red and yellow. No, he's like the blue. Um, it is his catchphrase. Isn't like, "What are you gonna do, brother?" It's like, "Rip him," or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, which is interesting. Like doing research in this movie, I didn't know that there's there's this whole other genre that people know about in Japan, of the of these wrestlers. Well, oh, like a lot a of these guys guy.
2: went out to Japan, and because they could make. They would either make big money, or it would be at a time before WWE became really famous. There was a really big. That's how uh, there was a really big wrestling a uh, circuit or yeah. whatever in Japan. And that's actually how I think Hogan originally met Andre the Giant because Andre the Giant was huge, like, like yeah. li- also literally huge, but also figured, Yeah, well, over there. And, huge. And, and But the reason
1: I bring it up is because Hulk wouldn't do – there's a lot of moves that he wouldn't end up doing um, that were uh, – in Japan, that, that you know that yeah, he
2: didn't do them as Hulk in America. He, he did, did like uh, those were his moves when he was in Japan.
1: Yeah, like, an axe the, the axe uh, bomber, and then he wouldn't do the running leg, which he would the leg drop, which he would do in America as his finisher. He'd do this axe bomber. So he had, they had a whole different set of w- rules. They 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 nicknamed Hulk um, uh, Ichiban, which means uh, number one. That was his nickname, and because they loved them so much, and I guess New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, NJPW, was the name of the the the, uh, the 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 circuit that they were on. So it's 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 almost like the for people who were really into Transformers, there's a whole other Transformer. Oh yeah, in Japan, there's, I, like there's people.
2: Um, there's a, there's people that are so into it that like getting the Japanese, getting videos of the Japanese, classic Japanese wrestling things are like a big deal. There's like a big underground collection of I mean, this era of like hulk Hogan, yeah of and like Andrei. finding those original wow. videos the people that collect those and it was a big thing that started you know probably might have even started as early as like the you know yeah, the 80s days, yeah. you know um i know like uh the guy who used to run mondo who does uh, was known for posters and now they do toys a big, big collector's company stuff, yeah um Justin Ishmael, uh, who I kind of know, I know he's very into wrestling, and his thing was like finding these videotapes and stuff, <laughs> you know, um, these old videos. So yeah, it's a big yeah, for, for really diehard wrestlers. Those Japanese matches are like a big deal. Yeah.
1: So I bring it up because the, you're saying that he plays a different character in the movie, Rip Thompson. Yeah. So he it's like that's not unlike them to have these different personas yeah, and characters yeah. and so different even circus. Well, even, c- uh,
2: you know, um, even as into the 90s, like the guy that played, you know, you yeah. had, uh, we mentioned Razor Ramon and Diesel. When those two guys left, the guys that played uh, Scott Hall and uh, Kevin Nash, when they left the WWF at the time, it was the WWF. They actually tried to have other guys play those characters. Oh, really? And like the commentators uh, would really be like, Ramon? they're not looking quite right tonight or whatever. <laughs> and then those, char- those guys that played Diesel and... Uh, you know Razor Ramon when they went to WCW they used their real name Scott Hall and and then when WCW was bought by WWE they didn't come back as Razor Ramon and Diesel they came you know so this is like you wouldn't be unheard of to play multiple characters
1: it's so funny to think like I remember how like memorable like Razor Ramon with the uh, cute yeah, yeah, bacon it's the such like a stereotype and his, like his
2: end move the Razor's Edge was fucking bad I don't know how people didn't get killed when you, you know it's, that that
1: that's up. like when when um. Uh, I don't know if it was his end move, but uh, Undertaker used to do this weird thing where he'd walk out on the top. I mean, Undertaker's like a tall dude, yeah, yeah. and he'd walk out into the middle of the yeah, top yeah. rope, and he'd have perfectly balanced, and he'd jump like you know. I, I remember well, I loved used that to time, love that There was stick. also
2: there was a sh- there was a time there where there was two Undertakers. Yes. And I think the guy that played Undertaker was the g- the guy that played the second Undertaker was the guy that originally then became the guy that played Kane. Yes, yeah, yeah. And the guy that played Kane, that same guy was also like the second Diesel after Kevin Nash stopped playing Diesel. And they tried to replace him. I think it was that guy too. So these guys would float around. And even, um, like, I wonder how you... And then how it's
1: one thing to get your name for your... And we keep getting off the movie now. It's one thing that you get your name for yourself as a wrestler, but then how do you become like Elizabeth, or how do you become like Mean Gene, or how do you become like the Mouth of the South? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, or, or uh, Paul Bearer, you're not a wrestler, you're just like their manager, and you're yelling, and occasionally, maybe you get roped in, like Mouth of the South will get like a, you know, a chair to the head or something yeah. with his megaphone, but it's like. <laughs> well, I
2: think like Paul Bearer, for instance, I think he worked in the organization elsewhere, maybe as like a scout. <laughs> to get the new wrestlers, you You're know. so weird looking too. He's so funny and then you know, and then they would end up having like this other job where they would be on screen personalities.
1: So it's a, it's, a, it's such a fascinating and there's a lot of those older guys who, m- the name escapes me, but of the era of like the Mean Gene or it's like those those commentators. Yeah, yeah. You know those. Well, guys. you
2: know the funny thing about uh, about wrestling, and I don't know when exactly it changed because even in like the early to mid '90s when you had like the Razor Ramon era which like it wasn't like he was the biggest wrestler He's no but it was it said
1: goodbye to Andre the Giant Superfly Jimmy Snooker and yeah, you know you but even then you would have
2: like guys. on the Saturday afternoon like WWF stuff which is what I watched it on like I didn't watch like the Monday Night Raw because I didn't have TNT or whatever um you would have the matches where it'd be like Razor Ramon versus like Joe Smith. Yeah, you know, you had like it was like the yeah, red Rice. It was, and beat the crap. It'd be off. like the equivalent of like the red shirt. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, you, and always knew, right. you always knew, you always knew, you always knew like Joe Smith was yeah, not going
1: to win. And I think going to win this one. You might have said it to you but said it before, and I was daydreaming. But it's it's you know, like you say, for the people who do the ultimate fighting, that they only fight once or twice a year. These guys. Wrestlers are like, even though it's choreographed, they're going to like that's, the, that's what I mean. Going it's from like, like city to every week, every they could be doing two, three times a week, they're going to like these big venues. There's and,
2: also uh, there's events that aren't televised. No, and especially
1: back in the day here. Yeah. A lot of these weren't televised. That you was know? the
2: thing, was like when then you have like they were on tour
1: for it was like almost like a rock band that then they were playing TV. It's like a
2: week they're weekly TV shows with Raw and SmackDown. That happens every Monday and every Thursday for fucking over a decade. Yeah. Some like Raw's been on probably for over twenty years. And it's not like a regular television show. Where it's like you have a ten-episode season and then they are off for the rest of the year. They like, they do it every Monday night year round. Yeah, and so yeah, that was the point. It was like the people that do like the W, uh, the UFC and the MMA. Like even though like they're really like people are really trying to hurt them, it's only happening like once maybe twice a year. So yeah. y- your actual probability of getting injured is much less than having to do quote unquote yeah. fake wrestling. Every, like, three times a week. Yeah, we're being very <laughs> physical and it's very demanding and tasty As it's still, on the body. like, even though it's like they're whatever, pulling their punches or, or it, you know, doing it in a way where you know, the idea is not to get re- actually hurt, it's still like 300-pound guys throwing each other around. I mean, there's no way people aren't getting injured. For
1: for the contemporaries that are our age or a little younger who are listening to this podcast and think about how they physically feel at, at, the, at their age right now, oh, no, think I think about...
2: Mean, now it's like I'm, I'm, my neck's all fucked up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs>
1: I'm, we can, you imagine being thrown around. And,
2: and, and, and like a guy like Undertaker, I mean, of course, Hogan's been doing it off and on for, you know, 30, 40 years or whatever. But like, the Undertaker's been doing it pretty consistently for, like, yeah, since, since the, the
1: 90s. Yeah, the, I'd say almost the late 80s he, he's come in. Uh, and it, it's just unbelievable, the the, the whole idea that, that these guys have been doing so it. So we
2: incredible. have Rip Thompson. Yeah. Now, see, the idea is... Which, I, what I'm saying is it's very reminiscent of what ends up happening with w, with WCW. Is Rip Thompson. He's the WWF champion. He's got a contract with a certain television company. And there's another television company that wants the ratings that Rip Thompson gets for this, for, you know, the first television company. So there's a new... Uh, Guy and head ahead of the new head of the yeah. of the television company. Which it's, it's what is it called?
1: The world? It's the world uh, news or world television? Yeah, it's called like world television network or
2: something. Yeah, something like that. And I and he he's trying to get Rip Thompson to s- like break his contract with this other company and come to his company so that he can get the ratings and. You know, being a man of his word and being kind of like the all-American child uh, entertainer.
1: Oh, it's funny because they start interviewing him. Like, what do you like
2: to do? And he's like, I like to do charity. (laughs) You know, I'm all about
1: charity. You know, it's very admirable. And it's like, and then it's funny because later, I mean, uh, the world this movie paints. It's like this is a bygone era. I mean, I don't know if you tried to have someone watch this who had no, uh, like foothold in that era yeah. of the 80s i like don't know how they would reference yeah frame a of that. reference because it's like this to me n- this is much more a, 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 a drastic example of this movie no holds barred but like it's like you can never make it uh, a to me a source your 80s movie action movie now where it's like you know him standing in a field with an ak-47 shooting like yeah. a whole yeah. army of people and, and he's not getting killed and everyone's getting it's like that's this where it's just hilarious this world that they paint that this is just you know Oh, it's ridiculous. It's a cartoon, right? Yeah, it I mean, basically, it, it's, I mean, you know, I mean, he bursts very... out of a limo. To, he takes the door off a limo. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, they're landing a helicopter they're, they're, near the end of the movie. Hulk Hogan's at this charity event with these kids. They land a freaking helicopter right there. Who cares about the parents, the kids? <laughs> they're getting killed. You know? I mean,
2: yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, so, it's, and it, everyone's like okay with It's like do. a time, it's like a little time capsule of like 19, late, 80, like 1989, yeah. 1988. It's probably probably like, if you, like if you were to like,
1: if you were to like, take, um, What's the, uh, it's like a turn of the hat. What's the, what's the name of that movie? It's the, the, the uh, Over the Top. Oh, yeah it's, like yeah. it's like if you were to take Over the Top and like, drug it up yeah, and get yeah. it drunk, and then you were to like, throw acid at it, this is this, this movie.
2: It's very much like a poor man's Over the Top. You know, I mean, it's like th- there's that
1: scene. I love that scene where they go to this, uh, he's going to recruit people for. Th- so the bad guy, what's this bad guy's name? The, the, the guy in the movie who owns the world Entertainment entertainment. Yeah, uh, played
2: by Kurt Fuller, who you'll recognize. Yeah, you'll you'll Instantly. recognize.
1: He's in so much. Show. Yeah, and he's such. He always plays, usually like a dick. Uh, he's 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 especially like hamming it up, being like a dickish douche. They, in his but movie. he's like
2: good in this. Movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like he plays his character. It's
1: so over the top. It becomes. It comes around again so it's yeah. like it's so much overacting that it's like okay it's, it's plausible in this world but he wants to make this night called the battle of the tough guys <laughs> yeah well he, <laughs> it's such a shitty name we we'll so call the it battle <laughs> of the tough guys <laughs> so he doesn't his his the world the world uh television network is like in last place yeah yeah and they need to get you know, ratings, when, and then they when r- it
2: becomes clear that they can't get Rip Thompson, yeah, well, to, they
1: realize Rip Thompson's the answer to their ratings, and yeah, he can yeah. Have wrestling, and, and you know.
2: they can't, they realize that they can't get Rip Thompson to go for to do for them what he's doing for this other network. Uh, they realize that maybe it's not Rip Thompson that's the key, but it's the idea of wrestling, and they, they're going to do. Like bad guys, so they come up with this. <laughs> it is like the worst fucking name, <laughs> Battle of the Tough Guys. Yeah. So they he forms this show called Battle of the Tough Guys, and he basically puts this calling card, this call out to like if you're a tough guy and you think you know we'll pay you a hundred thousand yeah. dollars if you can win.
1: And it's great. And there's just montage of all these tough guys, like a guy getting into like a Mack truck looking, <laughs> and there's you know. And I love they go to this bar, and this bar is supposed to be like the roadhouse, yeah, yeah. or over the top bar. And I think it's such a cool. I was saying if we had some startup money, I would love to make a bar where you had like the f- the front of truck cabs yeah, in the yeah. bar as the, that's your decor. We just recreate that bar. Uh, that'd be awesome. We'll call No Holds Bar. <laughs> there you go. We're going we're to gonna freaking uh, copyright that right there when we get somebody money together. The No Holds Bar? Uh, bar. No Holds Bar Bar. And uh, it's funny. They go into this and it's like, it's hilarious. They try to legitimize this to be a real scary place in the ladies. Yeah, it's supposed know.
2: to be like, you know, where you would have like mud wrestling. Or, or there would be like these competitions where who can stay on the bowl the longest. But Bikers, their version of that is that they have like these wrestling matches where the just the people that go to the bar beat the will be the crab out of each other in this death. makeshift ring. Yeah, and no one cares. There's
1: no there's no uh, referee. There's, uh, you know, there's it's, that's just the norm where they're just... Uh, You know, they're drinking like it's like you know they're drinking motor oil. Yeah, (laughs) buying their own (laughs) entertainment. You know, and it's just like it's just hilarious. That like, you know, it's it's the world of like chain mesh shirts. You know, and it's like hair, '80s band metal glam metal, and it's just it's glam rock, and it's just hilarious. this is like this is what we were scared of. Like, oh my god, this is (laughs) you know CD plays. You know, guys in tight leather pants and you know biker gangs, and so they go in there, and then uh, everybody's beating the shit out of each other, and then all of a sudden like the there's a, there's a big, big old metal, like it looks like a freaking like a vault door at the top of the place that gets broken down and in walks Tiny.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that's before, that's when actually, that happens when they actually do uh, the show Battle of the Tough Guys. Yeah. They get the inspiration of Battle of the Tough Guys by going into this bar. And that's kind of where the inspiration for doing it comes from. So there's a scene where they just go in. The, and then the, it's they're great. looking to
1: recruit some, I guess. Some, yeah, like some, some other wrestler. Hogan-esque wrestlers. But then
2: he gets this uh, Brell gets this uh, the executive gets this idea of like we'll just have like tough guys fighting and we don't need like a guy. So then they do the show, and that's what you're talking about. They announce it, and then we have like people working in like a steel mill, like huh, <laughs> like listening, hearing <laughs> oh, it on the radio, or like the,
1: <laughs> you know. And it's funny that they were they're shooting these in these locations like they're like in a in like a. A train machine shop, like they're fixing like train cars, and then like you know, off in the distance, there's like the <laughs> they have they set up this mobile unit to have these matches so they're not really like in Yeah, it's not even arenas. like they have, yeah,
2: they're just like they're, ta- they're
1: having them like wherever the uh, bad guys from Cobra, you know, the cult so meet up like the t- cling cling.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, like when, the, when the cult and Cobra is not there. They, they bring these they'll, guys they'll into like them, the uh, bring in the rest of the It's like at the of
1: end of Terminator 2 like that, that metal that, that metal oh, yeah, factory. It's yeah, like the like know, the molten the, metal. Yeah, that pulling you know, and stuff. You know, with chains coming down, you know. So we
2: have the first battle of tough guys match and there's like four guys fighting and then you're right. There's like this big door drops, like fucking gets broken down, and Zeus walks. Uh, yeah, yeah, tiny list played by tiny list. And it's—I
1: mean—we've already jumped a- ahead. We're all over the place at this point. But it's like well, this I is the kind of movie where it's like the opening match, where you see Hulk fighting. The, the you set the stage. That you, you're seeing like triple takes, you know, like the editing. There's, yeah, like, you it's know, very bad damage. It's very, <laughs> it's—they're it, just setting the stage like his Hulk's antics with his faces, and he's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like it's just very—it's so comical. It's so horribly.
2: Good, yes, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, look, this this movie, and uh, I don't mean this disparaging at all. This movie has very little worth when it comes to like cinematic <laughs> artistry.
1: I don't even think that sometimes they don't even they cross the director's line. There's not, you know, there's all kinds of. It
2: doesn't have a lot going for it if you're looking for like quality cinema. What it does have in g- have going for it is nostalgia. Yeah, and I found it. Absolutely awful, but totally lovable. Yeah. This, like, it was like, I was so into it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, there's a Even scene. Even though it's like, it's kind of cringeworthy
1: in a lot of spots. There's a scene where the Hulk gets a romantic interest, who's this, this Joan
2: Severance, man. Yeah. Who's was like, uh, you know, big 80s. You know, uh, we had a roommate. When we were in college, named Chris, who had a big crush on drone Severance. Yeah, she was in Lethal Weapon and Burn on the Wire, so she had like kind of a real career for well, a she while. Was she in Lethal Weapon? I don't remember. I just I just remember she's in it, and she just she was around. She yeah. was in stuff. She's in uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Oh, she's the girl that Kevin Spacey's writing because you see her boobs in that. Oh yeah. I knew I knew her from uh, somewhere. So Joe Severance, in a lot of ways, is yeah. kind of like sleepover movie royalty.
1: <laughs> so she becomes the like she's like the female. She kind of gets like she's like the female like executive that gets paired up with Hulk. And she's yeah, she's
2: like an executive or like a talent agent or a publicist or something. I don't. And it wasn't quite clear. Like I don't think she works for the, the network that he mm. works for, but mm. she's like some publicist. And or they something. bring
1: Hulk in, and it's hilarious. You think out, the, like these outfits he wears into like we're going into a board meeting, and he's got like a do rag on. And it's, like, <laughs> but he's. But the color combination, is you could tell there's a lot of thought that went into it. Like, he's got, like, you know, like a matching suit pants. And it's like, you know. So, um, but then there's the, I forget, there's an excuse for the big limo chase. There's, like, the... the, the, the,
2: He goes... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where they're going with him. He goes, when when he goes and turns down the executive at World Television Network or whatever, that... Oh, yeah, the the guy gives,
1: like, basically gives him a blank check. Yeah, and he's like, no. And And then he shoves the check
2: down his throat. So he's going to leave... And uh, they, the the limo driver hits a button, and but, like the, the but the but the the executive calls down to like the garage, and it, I don't know if like the where the limo driver is supposed to be taking him. I don't know if he's like, going to take him out until the like, field and shoot him. Or something. <laughs> but he gets into the limousine, and then the limousine's driving, and Hulk's like. You're supposed to take this left, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? And then he pushes this button, and like, the, and, and, like the steel yeah. like, windows come up. And, yeah, like, the, he's it's trapped. like you
1: think of how much money they put into this, making this limo, actually. Like, it's I like a Bond about, limo. Yeah, and then. Uh, like bulletproof. Hulk uh, ends up just, uh, he's stuck in the back of the limo, so he starts kicking and pushing, yeah, so yeah. much so that he's disturbing the driver driving, and then the guy's driving erratically, and then the, the driver destroys the limo. They get to a. They get to like a, a, I guess it's a parking garage. Yeah, something like that. And they're gonna, there's a bunch of other like henchmen. Yeah, yeah, uh, gonna rough up the holster. Bursts through the freaking uh, <laughs> the sunroof, beats the crap out of everybody. He's done. Yeah, he's like lifts a guy up off the ground by his hair. Yeah, I mean it's, it's just very it's very very 80s cartoon. Yeah, you know, to like to some you know great um,
2: shitty eighties music, best, and then it's got the best, arguably the best joke in the movie, which is with the driver. Yeah,
1: he goes. He he. The driver's locked himself in. He actually rips the door off the hinges. <laughs> And then he picks the driver up, and he's going to do something to the driver, and the driver sh- shit his pants. Yeah, yeah. He's and like, what's that smell? <laughs> and it's like they cut to the behind, and I'm you know, <laughs> I'm looking at it like, did he, did he piss his pants? Yeah, and it's, it's like, like, his no, pants
2: are all wet, and he's like, it looks like, got him by the uh, collar, and he's like, what's that smell, brother? And the guy's like, dookie. And he goes, dookie.
1: There's so many points in this movie, which I, I can't believe that people haven't t- took these and made these gifts out of them. Is that what you call these? The, the GIFs? Oh, yeah. The you gifs, know? Yeah. yeah, if you just have, like, you can loop all... all there's every line in, in, in this in Hulk's... You know, you can... You know, <laughs> Dookie! You know? And it's just so... It's unbelievable. Yeah,
2: there's just so many weird scenes, too. Like, uh, Joan Severance is going to take him out to dinner after the first meeting. Because they're trying to, you know, they want to build... You know, they're trying to figure out how to make, you know, Hulk... The, uh, Riff Thompson, Hulk's character, even a bigger name. And they have all these possibilities that they could go these routes they could go down and that's when hulk's just like well i wish we could you know focus on my real passion which is you know uh (laughs) charity work and so she's like well we can talk about it over dinner so she takes them to dinner and there's this scene where like they're at like this posh i guess supposed to be like a french restaurant looks like they just shot it at like a church (laughs) you know there's like stained glass windows of like jesus and stuff and she's like kind of uh like he looks like, he
1: looks like he's out of his element.
2: Yeah, I mean he's got like he got his do rag on, but it's like got like a white suit and a white yeah, do rag. She totally she's really like, I hope, up. I hope you can you know find something on the menu you can eat, and the maitre d is a bit of an asshole too. We real douchey
1: like I, I don't know if we'll have a hamburger for you, <laughs> or American fry.
2: And then like the you know then like the, the chef, head chef. Comes somebody out. runs out, and, you know, you see like the uh, like the. The bus boy, the, the bus boy, kind of recognizes him. That goes against the chef, and the chef comes out. He's like, "Oh, Mister Rip Thompson, <laughs> you know, like, so good to see you again." so what's your usual? The yeah. major D's only he's, a month old, and, and then, old. then uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Excuse the major D," and, and uh, then and Hulk, she's real impressed. And then Hulkster talks to like the chef in French, and he's like, "Yeah, bring me my usual kind of thing." And it was like a scene where it was like, "Okay, Hulk's under. He's more refined than we're supposed than we than we might think, but that doesn't, you know, that never has any kind of like resolution." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just goes to, she's like, oh, okay, he is like, yeah, he is kind of yeah, like higher class. Yeah, you know, they're, they're trying to, spoiler alert, She, we later find out that she's working for the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but it's the, all these scenes that, that build up to that, like, she warms up to Rip. Yeah. And she has, like, it, and a and change they, of heart. Then they end up having, like, a romantic relationship. It, it's
1: it's funny, they, they have a scene where uh, it's kind of like the answer to that scene. He's like, let me take you to where I go. And they go to, like, this little, like... um. Like a little diner. a yeah, little diner kind of stop, thing. Diner. Yeah, a little place in, in, sh- in the... Uh, they, the they, they
2: take a road trip. They have to go somewhere. They fly somewhere uh, for business. And so he's like, well, I'm getting kind of hungry. And he's like, well, I hope you didn't make any reservations. Got it. The perfect place. And yeah, So, so, so he go. takes
1: her to this place that, that that the owner, who's also looks like the chef, this black woman, um, older one she's like, oh, Rip, how you doing, honey? You know, and she knows him really well. Almost, she's like yeah, Florida like, from like she's um, known good him times. for decades. Yeah, you know? So... Uh, the, you know they're about to eat and then uh, I, this is how the setup is then two two these two guys come in and this movie is uh, it's misogynistic it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, there's so every worst stereotype they're slapping women they're 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 really just you know there's just every stereotype you can think of every every like except for like maybe the chinese but there's like black stereotypes there's women stereotypes there's like i don't know maybe there's gay stereotypes so these two black guys come in to, to rob the place and they're like, nobody move and give us your money. Now, you think about if, if Hulk let them rob the place and nobody got hurt, they're only going to steal, like, 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. this
2: exactly the same but
1: thing. But Hulk comes up to, to, like, save the day, and Hulk beats the tar out of these guys yeah. and then destroys the, the entire... <laughs>
2: completely destroys the entire restaurant. Yeah. I mean, the he he rips a stool off the ground,
1: he throws it at him, he takes another guy, he, he body slams him into a table, breaks the table, he throws the other guy over the counter, destroying everything in the back. He you know, takes like all the glass. Away. He <laughs> takes all the food they had made for that day, throws it at the guy's face while the guy's just trying to pick the gun up to shoot and it's like and then the the, the, the crooks are dressed so poorly. That's why it mean, it looks so stereotypical. It's like what are they? Homeless black people like they can't like they're like you know, they're really down on their luck so he literally destroys the place which looks like it's like thousands of dollars of damage yeah, yeah. and you think this black girl owns the
2: place like yo motherfucker what are you doing <laughs> just give him the money as opposed to she's like you know yeah, oh. like if he took everything in the register yeah you're right it'd probably be like a couple, 50 bucks like a, maybe 200
1: yeah, bucks yeah tops. you know, you know and he could have took it like Pulp Fiction They could have took everybody's wallet in the place Hulk K- literally kills them, destroys the whole place and she's h- head over heels but then it's like, mm. you know, she's going to go out of business trying to freaking <laughs> <laughs> to, to close the place He's down. He's bankrupted the
2: restaurant yeah. but everybody's you safe.
1: Know, but then and you think about it, if this is like the norm for her. Every time Holt comes to town he has to beat the shit out of somebody and she's like all happy. So it's just, it's it's just, the, it's a lot of this, the uh, the script logic is hilarious in this movie. You know, it also made me cognizant of the fact that I've never owned a tank top in my life. Hmm. A lot of people are in these, those like his brother are in these, like, uh, very, like, uh, you know, almost ready to rip open, you know, these yeah. those, those tank tops that you see in the 80s, you know, or, like, you know, like, uh, people would wear for, like, bodybuilding and stuff. I've never owned one of them.
2: So, uh, so then the storyline basically becomes, this character Zeus becomes, like, the hit character champion of Battle of the Tough Guys yeah. on the rival network. And so then they start to try to go rip into fighting on Battle of the Tough Guys. The WWF champion versus the Battle of the Tough Guys champion in like a no holds barred.
1: And they don't really give you any backstory of who Zeus is. Zeus, no, just oh Zeus was in jail.
2: There was a, he was in jail. <laughs> he killed somebody in the ring. Yeah. Hulk's trainer once trained him, but he couldn't be controlled.
1: Yeah, and he's the guy that people will know. Uh, he's the cop from Clue. The movie Clue. He's the cop that comes to, to to the door, and then they put him in the library, and then he ends up getting like, spoiler alert, he gets like hit over the head with a <laughs> pipe, you know. And I, I've only known him from that because he looks really elderly in this movie. He looks yeah, like he's yeah. like,
2: but he looks familiar. Like he's a familiar face. Yeah, yeah. I can't pinpoint what uh, what I know him from other than that, but he's someone that you will recognize. He's one of those. 80s faces
1: yeah so it's funny yeah that he has his backstory with uh, there's tiny. like a
2: very there's like a very I want a l- little bit of ex- there's like three 30 seconds of exposition yeah to give uh, Zeus a little bit of a backstory he's a bad mamma jamma and then uh, uh basically Randy goes down with a friend of his to check out a Battle of the Tough Guys not sure why, other than to propel the the plot forward a little bit. Randy gets beat up, and like well, th- th-
1: Randy goes to this real dodgy bar, which I don't know why Randy would have any business going there. Like you said, to further the plot, and then Zeus shows up and beats the tar out of him.
2: Yeah, well, it's like he goes to see Battle of the Tough Guys. Yeah, with his buddy, and I don't even—is it even the bar? Or is it one of those like—is it—is it like the warehouse that
1: the it looks like the com- it, cul- <laughs> yeah, it looks like the, they might be the, it might be the, the yeah the the, the the train factory <laughs> warehouse. They go there, Zeus is there, and it, it, I feel like it's. It was like a setup. Well, yeah, it was like weird. they knew that he was gonna be there. They, maybe they even goaded to him to get to come. Maybe. Well, it was like
2: the <laughs> the, the. I like how
1: we're really trying to like analytically <laughs> break down this script. <laughs>
2: Which we the, s- the executive sees him and he's like, he sees that he's got a RIP t shirt, like a Hulkster t shirt. He's like, oh, I'm glad to see that we're bringing some of the Hulkster fans, uh, the RIP fans to. Yeah, over. Yeah, and he's like, Convert I'm him. Not, I'll never be a fan of this. Yeah, and he's my brother, <laughs> right? I mean, oh no. <laughs> so then he basically, like, then, like, Zeus, like, cripples him.
1: <laughs> Zeus back slaps his friend and then, yeah, literally cripples the guy. And then I like. The uh, the uh, the bad guy who's the head of the network is so unforgiving. Like you know, he's he's trying to get a, earlier in the movie. He's trying to get executives to uh, to go along mm-hmm. or have some new ideas, and the, doesn't he like he like he completely like destroys this woman in front of everybody. Yeah, he's yeah. like, Why don't you go get coffee? He says something, Let's and she go, runs. Go up. take a leak. Yeah. <laughs> <that's what> he <laughs> and, and he's like looking for people, and, and then at one point he backslaps another girl. It's well, like he, it's he hits Joan Severance. Yeah, it's like it's so it's so, but when he gets. Zeus, and when he realizes that he can use Zeus and Zeus is into it, there's a moment that they have before the camera cuts where he's like looking at Zeus and smiling like he's almost falling in love with Zeus, or he's like, uh, and I forget when that happens if this is when he beats the shit out of (laughs) uh, Terry or or, or his brother. (laughs) But it's just, uh, it it becomes so weird. And then we should also note that I guess um, the executives, he has two henchmen, kind of like young execs, working with him. And there's a guy with the glasses who's been in everything. He's in everything. Yeah. David.
2: Uh, Pamer. Yeah. He He's, you'll recognize him instantly. He's in everything from, he's in he's in a classic uh, child porn episode of 21 Jump Street. Oh, Jesus. Uh, he's in, if I recall correctly, he's in Night of the Creeps.
1: Yeah, he may be the uh, ME, the medical examiner. Um, no, that's, the medical examiner is a Japanese guy. He's so maybe like he's a the maybe
2: the scientist that's doing the, has the body of the 50s teen. And, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, in the... You know, in the lab, uh, he's in tons of shit. All the way up to he's in uh, Drag Me to Hell, the Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, he's in like instantly recognizable. He's been in like every TV show and every <laughs> movie. One of those guys that just had like the luck of the draw to he just got a like, look. He definitely has a he's got a
1: niche he can he can work within.
2: But there's just those, some guys that are just like super. Just got a lot of work. Got a lot of work as actors. We're lucky enough.
1: Um, I guess to, to give you some backstory. You know, they wanted to, to 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 have Hulk have a vehicle to to to, to become well, yeah. Well, movies. I mean, just to
2: finish the plot, obviously, yeah. this that by beating up Brandy, that goats uh, Hulkster Rip into actually fighting. Um, and then they want, ho- and then what I found was interesting, And you know, you usually have like the training montage where you have like Rocky, you have like Drago and Rocky Four, <laughs> f- juxtaposed. Each other training. Yeah, training. Instead, it's like Zeus training versus like well, they, physical they therapy for Randy. <laughs> <laughs> they have the
1: scene where he comes down, Hulkster's doing, um, or, or the Ripster is doing uh, like, you know, like uh, his uh, Good Samaritan-like. Charity work and at like some sort of outdoor event for kids with their families, and I love out of the out of nowhere this yeah like this, this helicopter comes down and lands like right in the middle of the event. You know, people can <laughs> get killed, and then of course Hulk, Hulk has everybody get behind him, and then out comes Zeus and a half a dozen people who can't all fit in the helicopter, yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. like you know, you're gonna you know blah blah blah, and they, they, you know they they throw him down the the challenge, and he then they get back into the, the helicopter, they f- they fly up again. Then you're saying there's like this montage, this beautiful montage of like you know Zeus like training and like Beasley, he's he's. He's breaking cinder blocks He's <laughs> you know, he's with doing his, all fists. With his fists and he's doing all kinds of stuff. When you have like cut to like Hulk is like- in the position, yeah. Yeah, he's not at all training. He's just helping us like, oh, look, he's took it a step
2: today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because his brother's got like the neck brace on, he's in a wheelchair. It's like him on like the parallel <laughs> bars, trying to like take a step and be and I find frustrated. It, I don't want to, I mean, th- this whole thing's a
1: spoiler alert. So if you're listening to this, you've already turned it off because you have no interest in this movie or you love this movie so much, you're listening to this through. So I don't think any of this is new to you. But at the end of the movie, we get to the f- the point of the fight where he where Hulk fights Zeus, and like his brother stands up for him, like like Hulk's almost like out of it, and Hulk's like looking at his brother, and then you oh can yeah. see his brother's pinky starts moving, so he's starting to get feeling, and like his brother gets up and like falls or, or is pushed aside by Zeus, and that all I mean, of a sudden his brother's walking again, like that was like the like. The <laughs> That was the hit. But like, you know, some people like if they get hit again, they like they if yeah. they get amnesia. They get hit again, they're fine. It's like that was it. If you fell, you get somebody who's like he's got
2: full movement. So they are gonna <laughs> have the big the battle of the tough guy. Uh, they try to they kidnap uh, Joan Severance's character to try to get Hulkster to throw the match, um, and then it just kind of ends the way you would think. It was a big fight. Joan Severance is fine. Everybody wins. You know, Hulkster wins.
1: Um, I will say that well, the, f- the bad guy. Goes crazy. The, uh, I, I, they realize at this point, like uh, it's so violent. I think the local affiliates must tune off. Yeah, and he yeah. gets so mad. He everyone runs out of the control room, the mobile control room. He starts ripping things apart. And I love how at the end of it, like Hulk, like Hulk destroys Zeus to the point where. And that's the only thing I remember from the trailer because I remember seeing this trailer when it came out, uh, you know, for t- on TV. And Hulk does, like, this amazing body slam where, like, he, like, he body slams, like, like, three stories down, so much yeah, so yeah. that he goes through the bottom of the... The, the, the ring. The yeah. ring, and which then the ring... Which
2: uh, isn't a square. Yeah. Not at the squared circle. It's like an octagon. An octagon.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it gets to the point where it, it, it goes past the point of where, like, like Tiny's trying to kill him. He rips, like, a freaking uh, metal, the metal corner. First, he takes the turnbuckle off, which is very classic, and he's, like, yeah, yeah. beaten. Uh, Hulk on the bare turnbuckle, and then he r- actually rips the ring corner off and yeah, tries yeah. to spear him, and then people are like, wait, this is serious. And he does something <laughs> else, and it's like, no, he's really trying to kill him. So at the end, of the, when Hulk throws him through, like, the bottom of the ring and all the turnbuckles and in, in the ring corners fall in, Hulk goes after the bad guy the yeah. owner of this network and the owner is like in the control room like don't come near me and he steps back and he ends up electrocuting himself so he ends up getting killed Yeah, Hulk's to like death he, yeah. he gets electrocuted to death so he gets his own comeuppance he falls down dead and then like the the this is when Terry's walking again. The crowd applaud. like they just saw two people get murdered, <laughs> and the crowd's like, "Yeah, it's it's basically this is the crowd that's going to turn into like your Arnold Schwarzenegger freaking running yeah. running man crowd." And they, yeah, they're going to see Richard Dawson come out and say like, "Let's run, play the yeah. game," you know? Because I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, people, this is like the this was the match that turned like Richard Dawson in yeah, yeah. Running <laughs> Man's like, hey, we can have a game show <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we where do we
2: kill people. People yeah, yeah, okay. will be into it. <laughs> yeah. um, this is the future. Couple of things I will say." I will find uh, as uh, all the faults that the movie has. When the actual match starts, I actually kind of lose myself on it, you and, got, you and, got I, all... and I got com- it was compelling. The way that like you know you imagine it would be because that's something that they know how to do. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I will say that what I kind of alluded to early on before we get into like a little bit of more of like the backstory is I find it this movie interesting in that it's like this rival network that wants to. That's going to beat WWF by having a much meaner, uh, less politically correct or whatever, more violent version of it, which is exactly what happens in the late 90s. like In real life. Of yeah. Or Ted of, Turner yeah. with TNT or whatever, whatever, uh, TBS or whatever uh, network uh, the, the WCW Turner was owned, yeah. like, that's when you get like the W, uh, the NWO a more a more like a darker the WCW. Yeah. So I found it like really fascinating that this ends up like almost four, re- for, for like, <laughs> totally is like the battle of the tough guys is what like the NWO 10 years later. Yeah, or a little less. Yeah. Uh, becomes um Actually, what
1: happens?
2: Yeah, it's a, in that and like if in Ford hindsight, it was like I found it like really fascinating that they they, they, that, they like predicted this, it ten years or so, or you know, whereas like Vince McMahon Jr. grew up in this business and and formed like an empire. This like TV executive, a guy who owns like fucking Time Warner, was gonna be like. You know, we got to get the ratings that yeah. WWF is getting. We're going to buy WCW, an existing wrestling organization, and we're going to make it. And how we're going to beat like the All American, like Hulkster, is we're going to fucking Hulkster is going to go bad. On our network, and it's going to be bad guys. It There's not gonna be, it's not going to be good guys versus heels. It's going to be heels versus <laughs> heels. <laughs> but it wasn't. But
1: it didn't. The, he didn't have to do that much. Like in this was, I guess, is real idealistic and romanticism, where it's like they really had to like hoax like, I can't do it. It's like yeah, you know, yeah. it's against my morals. Where I guess in real life, Hulk's like, all right, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, not, I'm <laughs> not. We're not. <laughs> casting oh any yeah. Aspersions. I mean, who knows? I mean, at
2: that point, you know, WWF. I mean, hoaxer might not have been a character much. Yeah, and I you I mean, know, he had gone off. He was doing. Uh, what was his show? Remember, he had a TV show, and he was doing movies. Well,
1: by he then. did a couple. He did *Suburban Commando*, yeah, and he did that um, he had like *Mr.
2: Nanny*, which was huge. Yeah, but he also had like a he also had a TV show that was very much like like a, a sitcom. No, not even like a sitcom. But oh, it was thunder, like, oh, *Tropic Thunder*. Yeah, yeah, like *Tropic Thunder*. thunder something he was thunder. off doing his other. He was off doing. His yeah, other I forgot fans. he
1: did that for quite a while. He did that *Tropic*, Thunder, which they shot. It was Disney owned, so they shot all of it in Orlando, right around the. Um, the uh, what is it, Disney? Um, yeah, yeah, that one studio. Because there's that bay in front of Disney. Yeah. Uh,
2: so I just imagine like Ted Turner sees like No Holds Bar and he's like, Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you think about it in the we 80s, we can do this. <laughs> in the 80s, Ted was trying to colorize everything that we loved near yeah, and dear, yeah. and that didn't really work out that well with him. So then once the backlash, like Senate <laughs> hearings, he's like, He's up all night. And he goes to like a midnight showing a No Holds Bar, and he's like, Yes,
2: <laughs> I can do
1: this. I have the technology I can, I and can the do money. Battle of the Tough Guys. I can really exactly. And he did it. He, he just slowly but surely. So
2: this becomes. Uh, Why
1: do I have a note saying elevator? What's the elevator in the movie that um, I had to
2: write? They, uh, that's how they trapped Joan Severance.
1: Yeah, but didn't they do something crazy in the elevator? Did, he, did, did somebody jump through an elevator or something? I don't know. There's uh-huh. so
2: much wacky stuff yeah. in this movie. I mean,
1: this movie is just unbelievable how. Uh,
2: but uh, today, we have WWE Studios that, cr- you know, is. Uh, you know, I think the first movie that they really produced was that Rock. Uh, sequel to Mummy movies, but oh, you know, uh, and the, yeah, the and they did a movie like the Marine or whatever with John Cena, Scorpion, or, King. and uh, you know, see no evil with Kane. So now WWE is in the uh, is in the like the filmmaking business, but the precursor to WWE Studios making these movies was Shane Distribution Company, yeah, which um, Sean McMahon, uh Eventually. Shane uh, is. The name of Vince McMahon's uh, son, if I recall correctly, and so they produced uh, No Holds Barred. So really, in in the current, this was like really their I think I guess like their first stab, other than maybe like the Saturday Morning Cartoon Show. I don't know wh- how, what kind of input they had, but this was like their first foray into filmmaking. So it's kind of a precursor to now we get movies with like Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and all this stuff. So even in... Uh, it seems like that 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 um, line of movies has kind of dried
1: up because for a while there in the 2000s, yeah, you had those, you know, the Steve Austin movies you had that John Cena John did a, Cena, he did a yeah. movie a couple years ago. And... Uh, and then there was the Fireman movie, wasn't there one where there's, there's a, the guys fighting fires in the woods? I thought that was a wrestler. And then he's got a, you know, and there was like, you know, it's like a, it's like a disaster movie wrap. Oh, no, that game.
2: was like Howie Long. Oh, actually. okay. Ball
1: player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, of, <laughs> I'm getting everybody. Ain't there a Cannonball can Run I, movie with <laughs> Jackie Chan? No, 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 that's not <laughs> That's uh, Terry. What's his face?
2: Well, anyway, that? so I was, this was it's interesting from like a historical, uh, a historical point standpoint, yeah, that, standpoint like, in terms of like filmmaking. This, this, is, this is, is like the first one where, yeah. where him
1: and uh, they they have a guy, uh, it, uh, Hulk and Vince McMahon produced the movie. They have a guy write it for him named uh, Thomas, uh, no, that's Dennis. Dennis Hacken, the director Thomas J. Wright directed it. But then I guess they weren't unha- They were both unhappy with the script. So evidently, in, uh, they they lock themselves, Hoke and uh, Vince, in a hotel room in like Florida for seventy two hours, and they rewrite the crap
2: out of it. Yeah. So apparently, uh, even though draft. Dennis Hackman gets credit for uh, writing the movie, because there's like Writers Guild rules and stuff. Yeah. Um, Which we talked about in a cast not too long ago. Really, supposedly, reportedly, Vince McMahon and Hulkster kind of wrote this themselves. You can kind of see that, I guess. (laughs) uh, Dennis Hacken would be known for a movie that you'll know, 1980s Bronco Billy.
1: Oh yeah, okay. With Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thomas J. Wright, which is another uh, Scat Crothers vehicle. Sandra Locke.
2: Thomas J. Wright, who directed this movie, is known mostly for television. This might be his only feature, but he directed an episode or so, maybe more of the '80s Twilight Zone. Uh, he's very like uh, fanboy television in that he's directed episodes of the X Files. He was really, uh, he worked very closely with the the uh, the, the show Millennium. Directed some of those. He directed. Which is
1: uh, Lance Henriksen's, right? Lance
2: Henriksen and a kind of a spin off or created by the same people that created X Files. I know there is there's like a, crossover there's a, a zombie crossover episode. Crossover episode. Um, Firefly. Yeah. By Joss Whedon. He directed episodes of Smallville. And most recently, he works on the show Castle. So he was really a, f- a television director. And I th- and this might be his only feature film. And, it, and know, it was
1: distributed by new-, new Line, which I think was relatively new then.
2: Oh, well, New Line got their. Re- new Line's big claim to fame was. Uh, if I recall correctly, it was New Line, was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, OK. Um, uh, but so, awesome. I mean, that's only like four or five years earlier than this. So yeah. um, they were still, a f- you know, fairly, uh, at least uh, fairly new in terms of like being a really successful company because Elm Street was their was their first big hit. Um, and I would say for Thomas J. Wright, like it feels like television, the movie much, much more, yeah, yeah much yeah. more so than it does. I don't think and you, I don't fault even him. Gonna, you know, and I'm not gonna, and I don't mean that in like a negative way.
1: I mean, the movie's horrible, but it's horrible in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't think you can fault him Because I think it's certainly There's so many cooks in the kitchen I'm sure Hulk Hogan's oh, yeah. I mean, telling look, you to do it's Vince, Vince man <laughs> You know what I mean Hulk, okay. So I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on there where, Especially in the heyday This is 89 That I'm sure they were right in the editing room with.
2: Now them, the like, most important part, I want
1: more smoke when I come out of the limo <laughs> <you know?
2: laughs> Now the most I think the most significant part about this Is the idea of cross promotion Yeah and I wonder if this was planned And then
1: So the movie comes out uh um, June in June, it it, it nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, it de- debuts number two behind Indiana Jones: and The Last Crusade. Funny enough, uh, but
2: ultimately doesn't really make that much money.
1: No, yet. the final tally is sixty, a little over sixteen million, some in some change. And then they say it costs about eight million to make. And then that first weekend behind Last Crusade, it made four. Just about $5 million, which is pretty good.
2: Yeah, but you also, you know, when they say a movie costs $8 million to make, you don't really know what that means. Because that could literally be the budget to make the movie. But then they might put $8 million into yeah, publicity yeah, yeah. and stuff. So $16 million, they say that when all is said and done, that Vince, who kind of funded the movie... Broke out, broke kind of even on it. Yeah,
1: and then he started talking disparagingly later on, some years later, about it, because he said uh, when they were doing the Monday Night Raw, when they were battling, I guess when Hulk defected over to Ted Turner's place, Vince McMahon uh, had once on a legendary episode of Monday Night Raw from October 13th, 1997. Everyone's like checking there. People know this. uh, He says, Vince McMahon says, quote, Hulk promised me that if the movie lost money, he was going to return his salary. I guess that check is still in the mail. And then somebody else went further because at the time Hulk had a new movie out called Assault, Assault on Devil's Island, which sounds very much like that Thunder, uh, not Thunder Road, but that Tropic Thunder show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Raw commentator Jim Ross also joked, saying, No holds barred, more like no profits allowed. Yeah. So they were really you know, uh, digging into yeah. the through there. When it
2: was really Vince's brainchild. Yeah. But that's the beauty of wrestling. Yeah. So the idea of cross-promotion um it, you know it, you do make an interesting point was this planned all along or where, where at some point they decide that uh that they're going to take Zeus from the movie who's an
1: actor tiny's an actor yeah. in real life and they're going to bring him into the what just which is what you want to do
2: it's i mean it's kind of it's a brilliant brilliant <laughs> yeah
1: because <laughs> they, they they start cutting these spots with tiny as Zeus saying like doing these wraparounds for the show saying hey I'm pissed that I'm not yeah, getting like, like I, front got, bill. I got su- second billing, and uh, it, it, sh- it shouldn't be Hulk. It should be all me getting first bill. So they 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 gin up this kind of like yeah. pseudo controversy. Yeah,
2: yeah. and he's like I'm on, and I'm gonna beat Hulk good like, real. Yeah, and then real.
1: they start I guess um, shipping uh, Zeus, tiny as Zeus, to these events where he'll. You know, after a match, you'll suddenly see Zeus standing out yeah. by, like, the... the so like, he forms you know. an
2: alliance with Macho Man, and that's yeah. the thing that I really remember, because I... You like, remember this Macho yeah. Man Randy yeah. Savage? Yeah. Was like, Macho Man Randy Savage and my main man Zeus, yeah! <laughs> with
1: the, uh, he's got the, what do you call that, the, uh, <laughs> not the beret, what do you call that, bit? the girl the
2: girl's wear boa oh, he's got yeah, the boa yeah. around him,
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah I'm, going, man. <laughs>
2: I'm going I'm the going main west man, Zeus. <laughs> I'm going east <laughs> uh, so yeah get, get so down. it became uh, for much of the rest of 1989 uh, basically all the
1: rest of 1989 it, this, this huge pay-per-view event where they were gonna it leads
2: up everything's leading up first we have uh Summer Slam of 1989, during the summer, because this movie comes out in June 2nd. During the Summer Slam of 1989, we have Hulk Hogan and Bruce the Barber Beefcake versus Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Zeus. That's the the first match. Of course, Hulkster and Beefcake win. Uh, Survivor Series, uh, leading up to this main event that we have in December that we're talking about, we have the Hulkamaniacs. Which is Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Demolition, who I don't really remember very well, uh, faced the Million Dollar Team with Ted DiBiase, Zeus, and the Powers of Pain. Of course, the Hulkamaniacs won that match.
1: Well, then I guess that's when Zeus kind of faded because Zeus only like
2: he only wrestled. Well, then that leads up to it leads up to this uh, this big pay per view event, which is No Holds Barred, the match, the movie, which
1: ends up going on. They start using the No Holds Barred. Uh, in the '90s, as like a, you know, that becomes names. Yeah, of well, events. I mean, it's
2: a it's a it's a phrase that basically means like all rules are. Yeah, you know, like there's like no some rules. these Cage matches. Remember you they, could do they, anything.
1: They drop this cage down. I remember these. This and then once you got into the cage, you're stuck in the cage. If you, you have to get out of um, the cage. Now
2: the thing was with, uh, you know, because uh, Tiny Lester was an actor and not uh, a professional wrestler. Apparently, like he never really was trained completely. Properly. So he was not a great wrestler. I mean, yeah, I well, he got nose. Bro-
1: Hulk ac- accidentally broke his nose during the filming. And then on uh, another the occasion, he got cut on the broken shards of glass from broken mirrors. Yeah, so, but know. I
2: mean, even when we get into like the actual wrestling part of, of this cross promotion, <laughs> I remember I had friends that were kind of. Uh, you know, would reminisce about Zeus and how like how awful Zeus was as a wrestler, <laughs> like poor guy. The, but you know, he, didn't, he wasn't one of those guys that came up through like the school, like you, you were talking about earlier. So, it culminates in this uh, this feud culminates in this big pay per view event called No Holds Barred. The match, the movie, where the pay per view would be, they would air, they aired the movie, yeah. And then after the movie, there was then a wrestling event that you would watch
1: that they pre recorded. This this all. The event that they that this took place at was December the tw- twelfth. That they re- pre-recorded this in Nashville, at Tennessee, and then this aired. This pay-per-view event aired after Christmas, so they're getting that Christmas New Year's cusp on December twenty-seventh, where they the pair pay-per-view where they aired the movie and then they aired the, the, the like the, the World Wrestling Challenge
2: and, uh, the, match. and the main event of that match was a cage match. <sighs> Between Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Randy S- Ra- Macho the Man the two Randy of them together Savage versus... yeah a tag team, we not even, I guess in a cage match it's not even a tag team it's probably they're just all, all fighting but it's yeah. t- but the two but it's two of them Hogan and Brutus Barber Beefcake one team versus Randy Savage and Zeus.
1: Now I didn't know uh, looking into to Terry Bollea uh, his backstory, uh, Hulk Hogan's, is that he was. Uh, Growing up in high school, he played baseball. He was scouted by the Yankees and the Cincinnati Reds. He had some sort of injury that sidelined him from playing baseball. He ended up getting, uh, pl- uh, playing in local, I guess it's a big thing down, like Johnny Depp in Florida. He's got into like bands. Uh, yeah, he was a big guitar player. Yeah, playing fretless bass. And he had this band called Ruckus in 76 that played the Tampa Bay region that got pretty popular. And then uh, he the 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 place he'd play at had a lot of guys that would come in that were wrestlers, and it was like, "Hey, you know, you have a great physique; you should start wrestling." And he thought about it, and he was and he was going to school. He ended up quitting school because school was getting in the way of him playing in the band. And then he he opened a gym uh, with uh, a friend of his. And then uh, the reason I bring all this up is that uh, he opened a, a gym. He started wrestling a little bit as a guy called the Super Destroyer, which was a character other people played. He then opened up a private club called The Anchor Club uh, in uh, Cocoa Beach, uh, Florida. And then uh, his friend, Ed Leslie, better known as Brutus the Barber Beefcake, was the one who said, hey, you should start wrestling. He was the one who brought him into wrestling. Hmm. So they were old friends together, and that's the actual person who got him into wrestling. And then what ends up happening is he starts wrestling on the local syndicate down in in the Florida-Memphis area and uh during his time in memphis he's on this local talk show and he's beside lou ferrigno who at the time was doing uh, the incredible hulk and the host uh commented on how you know six foot seven inch uh uh uh, height and uh, 195 pounds with 24 inch biceps dwarfed hulk hogan actually dwarfed physically lou ferrigno uh seeing them uh side by side so that's why hulk uh hogan started calling himself the hulk because he looked better than the Hulk in person and then when he got picked up in like 1980 by um vince mcmahon vince mcmahon wanted to give him a an irish name yeah yeah. that's where the hogan came in and he actually wanted him to dye his hair red but at the time hogan was saying he was already starting to lose his hair and he's like i ain't gonna dye my hair red i'll just be a blonde irish guy and they're like okay so that's where you get you know uh you know hulk hogan yeah uh, which is kind of so but it's all because of what's his face bringing him in there uh, Bruce the Barber. So this is like the culmination. And then at the because of, the of his game.
2: massive size, Stallone puts him in Rocky Three, and he plays Thunder Lips in <laughs> Rocky Three in the beginning of Rocky. III. And
1: that might be his first. And then that's. And then I guess because of the height of wrestling during the eighties with with the with, the, with the, the cartoons and stuff, they were like, hey, let's let's see if yeah, we can well do some also, stuff. Also, you
2: know, because then uh, you know he had Mister T. And then Mr. T and him are kind of teamed up for a while because they fight at a tag team uh, match in the main event of the original WrestleMania. And you think that
1: um, a year or two later. Mr. T is also a guy who never was really trained to be no, a wrestler. No. But he was like a bodyguard for like, I think I forget who he was, like Steve McQueen or I forget who he was a bodyguard for Mr. T. And he helped like the with the who just passed nancy reagan's uh, well you know funny enough there was like air program
2: how he got recognized by stallone was there was like this televised event like in chicago or something where it was like a this is mr t mr t yeah it was a um, it was like a uh, it was kind of like you know a battle of the tough guys but i think without <laughs> the fighting it was like a a bunch of events that they would do and it was like bouncers like who's the best bouncer that Chicago. sounds like a
1: show, like in the, you know.
2: You know, and it was somehow Stallone ended up seeing this show, and Mr. T won, and, mis- and, and he's... And were they doing wrestling, I guess? I don't know if it's was a wrestling or they're just doing, like, you know, like how stuff? many people you know, can you kick, <laughs> can you eject from a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like different events. It sounds like an Olympics, like the... Uh, yeah, remember the,
1: um, the... What do the, they call those? The, uh, almost the, like a... Uh, what do you call those guys where a guy puts a refrigerator on his back and runs up a Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or they, they like take the big... Like the tire. Iron Man. The Iron or Man, you know, or whatever, or whatever tough guy. He takes like a truck and he like, he like you know, the, they put the truck in neutral and he like goes up a hill <laughs> pulling the truck, you know? <laughs> There's
2: some kind of... I don't know the extent of it, but I know that somehow Stallone saw that on television, saw him. Mr. T. And was like, that's who's going to play Clubber, Clubber Lion. And was and that
1: his first... Role, I guess, because then like DC Cab afterward, and then him getting into well, because then A Team, and then him doing with Nancy yeah, Reagan. But the it
2: was Stallone, I believe it was Stallone that recognized them, like f- not recognized them, but discovered him on yeah. seeing him on TV, made him Clubber Lang, then that's what started Mr. T. I
1: mean, you know, and Mr. T had a cartoon too with him, and he, oh yeah, him traveled around with the, uh, the Olympic gym with team, the gymnasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fighting crime <laughs> all over the world and ninjas <laughs> and stuff. Uh, it's just such a wacky time. Can you imagine just trying to corral all those wrestling guys into like do all their voice work for the cartoon? And like, okay, we need you to <laughs> do that again, and you need to sound oh, a little so more sober. and uh, Rhonda,
2: you know Piper. You know it's what just, a weird, it's just a whole crazy that, time. That
1: be you know I, like we we said earlier on. My father used to hang out with them in the '70s. Some of those guys, because a lot of them, my dad used to work out, and a lot of them would work out in the various gyms up in the New Haven area. And it's just like how crazy, you know, because. A lot of that shtick, too, was before it was all regulated. He'd he always tell jokes where, like, you know, they'd be wrestling and the guy would grab the wrong chair, the breakaway chair, and, and they'd use the real chair and break it over the guy's head and yeah, crack yeah. his head open, and it's like, all like, you know, it's, it's, it's like melees, you yeah. know? So it's,
2: well, and, you know, wrestling became such a big thing. There was another movie that we kind of brought up that was like, well, if we're going to do a wrestling movie, here are the options. And there's a great <laughs> movie uh, called Body Slam with uh, Roddy Piper and Dirk Benedict, who played Face. Yeah, of course, on, Dirk uh, Benedict. Uh, So what a weird, what a crazy phenomenon. Okay. Yeah. And it's at its beginnings of um, popularity in the 80s.
1: So, you know, Lister only ended up, uh, I don't know, he, he ended up maybe fighting three or four times. Like in said, WWF. And then w- he w- went
2: F- to WCW for a short time. Yeah. And then Mr. As a different character. When he left. Like Z Gangster. <laughs> something like that was his name.
1: When he left WWF, that's when we had uh, Beefcake started feuding with Mr. Perfect. And then that kind of like. You know, that swallowed bec- away that the, became the, the little storyline. Yeah. Um, the movie itself, uh, no holds Bar, was kind of panned by critics. It only has an 11% rating of Rotten Tomatoes. Um, honestly
2: like i'm almost i'm kind of surprised that it, it has that, ha- that that much, it has
1: that much. <laughs> <laughs> um one film critic described it as tremendously crude unapologetically manipulative and aim uh aim directly at easily entertained 13 year olds which i won't
2: disagree with yeah. and uh, i mean especially more easily entertained 36 year olds yeah and they
1: you know especially when it smells like the whole dookie thing and it's just <laughs> you know um and then like we said originally to bookend this that uh, it was released on VHS, Betamax, and Laserdisc in October of '89, and then it was. If you didn't have that, it was yeah, until 2012. I'm sure on
2: cable and stuff, but uh, in terms of a home entertainment, never collection.
1: It, yeah, so finally um, WWE Studios, uh, the WWE Home Video, they digitally remastered that son of a bitch. They did yeah. a transfer. Good for them. Beautiful, they put it out the third of French. July, 2012, and then finally, uh, I guess in. April of 2014, there's a Blu ray disc, so I don't know if there's anything extra on that. Oh, that'd Blu-ray. be
2: awesome. if it was Like commentary with the Hulkster or
1: something. Yeah, like or something, you know. Hulkster and, and and and, uh,
2: Hulkster and the Tiny Lester.
1: And it's funny because at the beginning of it, they actually, in the credits, they say, like, and the special appearance by uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, but he's only in it for, he's got like, what, three, or four
2: lines? Well, you know, it's
1: surprising. So I thought he would have been, you know, yeah, yeah. been coming back and forth through the movie. Well,
2: you know, that's one thing I was kind of surprised about when we watched it was that it didn't feature more.
1: Yeah, like uh, cameos by like yeah. people doing walk-ins. And, you or know. even
2: just like some of the guys, some of the more familiar faces playing the wrestlers in like the Battle of the Tough Guys. But I guess they had like their own characters and uh, maybe it was like the, yeah, but since they didn't want to put like Brutus the Barber as like a bit part or Piper s- in a bit part in this Hulk Hogan vehicle. So well, I, like and I, would, I would argue
1: at the time I think uh, uh, certainly um, – what's his face? Uh, Piper had a bigger career movie wise I think because he had like an eighty show for a minute he was in you know uh, uh, oh yeah, they, they Live, Live yeah. he was in what is that Frog Town or what's that yeah. name yeah Hulk
2: Comes to Frog Town yeah
1: so he's you know he had a he was doing stuff around that time where it's it's, you know you're right since Vince was Vince McMahon was helming this with Hulk I'm surprised he didn't pull any more cameos aside from yeah. Jesse and Mean Gene at the beginning and as well as since this movie pretty much tanked and you know didn't do it, kind of came and went, and you know, that's how I never saw it because I remember it came and went from theaters, and then I never thought about it again. And I always thought about it being like, I don't remember that nose hole yeah, Bars yeah. movie. It was
2: a movie that you remember the title, you'd hear like your friends, yeah, you talk see about the trailer,
1: and then it just, it's the, the like only image I had was, was tiny being so far up, you know, with that white light behind him, you know, when yeah, he made yeah. his appearance. That was my only image I've had and for 30 years of that movie. And the
2: only, and as we talked about before, we started recording, you and I were talking about it, was like, I remember the rivalry on WW on the WWF shows way more than I remember the movie. Like yeah. I remember Zeus and Macho Man. <laughs> like I remember that stuff and I don't remember the movie so well.
1: Um so uh, I'm surprised that I guess because wrestling was doing so well and the cartoon had just ended and they were writing, I guess maybe with the second wave we said when Undertaker came about and yeah, all that Was then you kind of see that they then tried again, either Hulk did personally or through WWE or F to try to get Hulk out there where he does Suburban Commando and he does that Mr. Nanny, which I think was quite popular, and he ended up doing that show. Um, I remember uh, seeing Suburban Commando in the theater, and I think that also flopped you know, know Undertaker's in that he's yeah, the bad I don't guy. really
2: f- I don't think Hulkster ever really had a you
1: big know, big know. box office success. Uh, yeah, I mean he's struggling here with his acting chops in this movie sadly, you know, he's kind of like trying to deliver those lines like yeah.
2: Well, like, I mean, you know, you know, everybody's got a certain talent.
1: But he's lovable. I mean, he's he's completely <coughs> endearing, you know. And I remember when when uh, Suburban Commando came out. Like I said before, my father worked on the railroad, and uh, a lot of times people would forget things on trains, and we call that FOT, which means found on train. And, and you know, you bring it to an office, it'd be there for 30 days or whatever. And sometimes people if they didn't claim it; you could take it home. Not like like electronics, but we had a shitload of umbrellas in our house. You <laughs> know, you know, we had thousands of umbrellas because people would forget umbrellas. Yeah. But I and remember it would, sit, it
2: would sit and lost and found for a certain amount of time, and, and then, and then once know, was, uh, that time was done, then you
1: then it was yeah. I mean, like I said, it wouldn't be like any kind of like you know laptops or anything, but um. I remember somebody, some executive must have forgot on the train, a Suburban Commando bag. So I had a Suburban Commando gym bag, and then inside of it was everything Suburban Commando they did. I had like a cup, a T-shirt, a towel, uh, probably like a sports bottle, uh, and then a folder that had Suburban Commando on And then you open it and it had like all the stats for Suburban Commando, like, uh, like you know, probably for the marketing team, how much money yeah. it made, how much it cost. <laughs> and, it was like, and my dad's like, yeah, here you go. And I was like, whoa. So when I had that bad boy up until um, – I lost all my toys in the big old flooded. <laughs> in the basement.
2: Flood, basement flooded in 97. Yeah,
1: and they, they threw everything away because raw sewage came up through the sewage leak. But, uh, yeah, so I remember that was the biggest thing. I was like, oh, and I went and saw the movie. You know, you, lost
2: the, you lost the flag, right?
1: I lost it. Yeah, I lost, lost the USS flag in that. As it was flood.
2: floating through.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> was raw sewage. It <laughs> floated out the house. <laughs> like the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you near <without> my god <laughs> that started to play and then just went <laughs> yes, down. USS flag started <laughs> sinking. <laughs> yeah, everyone's ship. Hey, <laughs> Oh jeez. So uh <gasps> yeah, uh and then this is another one where I went to see I went to saw the wrestling match Hulk Hogan versus uh, Undertaker at New Haven Coliseum and we left oh early before God. the title ah. card. <laughs> yeah. It was getting too late. I'm like, "Come on." So uh um I didn't I never I didn't even think of thinking of a uh of a recommendation <laughs> oh me
2: either <laughs> I is, mean I would say funny. I don't know what year it is but if you're going to go with a wrestling the only other wrestling movie I could think of is Body Slam with the
1: yeah with the I, I would I, I guess I would say if you're if, Jesus if you've made it through this movie uh, hell do Suburban Commando I'm sure that that's that I think that has a bigger budget. It's trying for something there. Isn't he like an intergalactic hero? <laughs> I believe
2: so. And he's, he's
1: coming to because he's looking for. Uh, to
2: be honest, I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing of Suburban Commando.
1: It's like one of these redeeming movies where Christopher Lloyd's like a father in a town, and it looks like it was shot like in Georgia or somewhere down south. And his you know, family doesn't like him. He's trying to go by the rules, but I think they're trying to tell him the whole time, like you need to not be a rules guy. You know to take, you know, take uh, risks and leaps, and then. That's he meets Hulk Hogan and he's got to show Hulk Hogan the r- the rules of Earth and then these bounty hunters are coming for Hulk Hogan, <laughs> played by the Undertaker <laughs> and stuff. So th- they did have cameos of those nice.
2: wrestlers. I'm, I, I'm sure. Look, I know that like even when you know you see Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. If it says the Rock, like you know Vince is getting a uh, commission, getting commissioned on that. Yeah, he's yeah. An executive producer. And so he
1: certainly sure. is an example of someone who's able to 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 to. to, to Go beyond yeah. being the Rock, and he's now Dwayne Johnson because he's still putting San Andreas. He's got a, a, a pretty hefty film catalog yeah, going I back mean, to like the Scorpion King, like you said.
2: Yeah, and he's the rundown. He's done some really good. He's uh, supposed to be developing a remake of Big Trouble in Little China right now. Yeah, he was in both. was he in both GI Joes or just the second GI Joe movie? I think he's in just in the second one.
1: You know, but so he's been doing, and I, I wouldn't say a lot of his stuff weren't flops. They've been pretty sizable.
2: No, now. he's been he's managed to.
1: To, to irk out a pretty yeah. good career. I mean, he did he do like the, the, the Newcom maybe he even did that movie?
2: He did Doom. Doom, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Um, so. But yeah, so he's like the next, you know. But honestly, like you know, The Rock probably couldn't have had the career that he's had without yeah, Hulk these Hogan and P- Roddy Piper kind of you know, paving the way. Even Lou
1: Albano. We said Lou Albano's in that Cindy Lauper video. He's in a very uh, movie, classic movie near and dear to my heart, the Brian De Palma uh, Wise Guys with uh, Joe Piscopo and Danny DeVito. He plays Frank the Fixer, Aquamando. He <laughs> uh, played Mario. Yeah, he played Mario on the on the TV show, and it's weird. He's from Mount Vernon, so I I used to, I talked to people who because I live right near Mount Vernon, New York. and People would say like he drove a cab, so you'd see him driving a cab by day. At night, he'd go do these exhibition matches, and then Sunday morning, he'd be in church and you know, all beat up. <laughs> you know, you know. It's like ah, oh, God bless Lua, Captain, man, Lou. No, Captain Lou. Captain um, Lou. So. Uh, I guess you said you would say uh, uh body slam. Body slam. I would say suburban commando. I think one of the reasons why this
2: movie probably didn't capture the imagination of the wrestling fans as much as it uh, probably could have is because it's it takes it so far away from the world of wrestling. Oh, certainly. It
1: it, it brings it into the world of Running Man. It's like it's it's they they were trying for something. That they they even changed
2: the ring. It's not even a you know the square. I think that's probably. it's biggest like downfall is that they didn't stay truer. Yeah I wonder if they kept if, if
1: Vince and Hulk kept one foot in reality and maybe incorporated more wrestlers and made it kind of like how over the top does where there's a kind yeah. of a world and as silly as I mean I guess in real life there are exhibitions where people do like arm wrestling but like you know yeah. how it's, they make it that major league it's somewhat plausible that it's going to be that popular in, in the mid 80s for over the top where this movie it's like <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. this literally, like I said, is the the crowd that's going to be then, you know, ch- chanting for, you know, like uh, Sub-Zero to cut people's heads off in yeah, freaking yeah. Richard Dawson's World of Running Man.
2: I know. People in the end, it's like they shoot it like in that TV studio, but it's like people are dressing like tuxes for it. Yeah. It's you like know, it's like a
1: it's crazy. Anyway. Um, well, I'm booking up pizzas.
2: Well, you know, the rating system is is uh, <laughs> is an interesting one because, um, you know, you you have to wrestle with. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> really not. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd say as a movie, Yeah. like one to no about the pizza. <laughs> as a sleepover classic, like three.
1: Wow. <laughs> We've never done it that way. We've never incorporated it versus the sleepover. Well,
2: you know, I said that I, I did. Uh I did, uh, when we did uh, Towering Inferno. Okay. I said, I, for me, personally, yeah. I thought that as Towering Inferno, for Towering Inferno, for me, it was like, as a sleepover movie, not so much. As an actual movie, it's like a movie, yeah. I, I rated it pretty high. Yeah. This is like reverse, you know? Like, <laughs> like, as a sleepover movie, like, I don't know if you get more sleepover than No Holds Barred. As like, oh. an actual piece of cinema. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Something that's going to go in like the Library of Congress. <laughs> They're gonna shoot this up in space. It's, but it's they have that gold record.
2: <laughs> so it's one of those things. As I said, it was like as an actual movie. Like it's you know there's not there's not much redeeming about it on that front. As like a viewing experience in the context of like a sleepover, yeah. I found it totally fucking enjoyable. Very nostalgic. Yeah. Kind of took me back to nineteen it, the late eighties, early nineties of being a kid. <laughs> uh, you know, the ridiculousness of the jokes. Uh, it was kind of a wonderful experience, viewing experience for me watching it now in, in that context.
1: Uh, this was, for me, this is, I guess, I would have to rate it maybe about a one. Uh, this is the lowest I've ever rated anything. And I'm always, I'm the first guy to, like, throw anything, the, the benefit out of the doubt. Yeah. Out. And I had never seen this movie. So I, I was very much like, yeah, let's do this movie. And this is also one of the f- maybe only movies I was like, wow, am I going to be able to finish this thing? This is this is crazy this movie <laughs> uh so i'm gonna I, I i guess it's like one out of five for me too i mean m- my issue a lot of times with watching these movies now uh sometimes is that if we can't get together for it i have to watch it with my wife and uh i had her watch it and she said that that's an hour and a half of my life i'm never gonna get back which is yeah. pretty fun but it's like you can't it's hard it's like you know someone who's that's like her to having me watch something that i have no so it's like it's just love right there her watching it for me but you know it's it's hard you know that's why a you lot of times you, just you just and I have to for the
2: first time we've let the listeners into the little you know, behind the scenes that we can't always get together that we don't always get together yeah. well that's why we on. have
1: to, that's why you and I have to more times and not have to watch it together because we can't sometimes have to make our family <laughs> put, our, put our family through this we know the dedication because we do the podcast together <laughs> but it's hard then to bring that third party to justify and, yeah. making somebody watch a movie. because some of these movies it's, it's it's a niche you know you can't well, look
2: you know I know there, there, this movie has been covered on other podcasts, and that you know um you know I think that the, the bu- i think the nice thing about our podcast and it's something we strive for is that we don't take like an uh, an overly negative for the sake of being negative outlook and i know that a lot of podcasts will bust the crap out of this movie just in, in an effort to be funny or whatever um and look we, you know we point out many flaws with this movie and we didn't we, we don't talk about it in a in a in a, in a hugely high regard but it, it certainly has a redeeming quality and we know that a lot of people love it and yeah. I, like I said i totally enjoyed watching it i mean it's um, and
1: it's and for better or for worse it's part of our childhood Oh, yeah. You know what I, mean? I mean? It's, it's, it's like, there. For it's nostalgic staple. purposes, this movie you is... Know? This like, is
2: a perfect t- time capsule.
1: And you said it's very formative because a lot of people wouldn't have had... Like, maybe you wouldn't have The Rock's career. Or oh, you yeah, have. totally. I you mean,
2: it's the kind of the beginning of
1: a guy or, like the uh, uh, Rock. What's his face? John Cena?
2: John Cena, uh, you know, he's yeah. been in a few movies now. Yeah,
1: I met him when he was... He had a movie a couple years ago that came out, and I met him. He was a very nice guy. You know, it's like, th- th- these these are great people. I met Hulk Hogan when he was had that reality show, and I met his daughter jesus his daughter had legs up to my freaking head that's how yeah. tall she's got tall legs and i was like wow very nice he had hurt his back at the time but very nice guy he's you know it's just jesse the body i've met he's a little nuts you know because he's out there with these yeah, conspiracies there. Conspiracy he's he's, he's he's on freaking pluto as uh lives like quote, off
2: the grid in mexico yeah
1: you know to quote edo ross from uh, lethal weapon you guys are on fucking <laughs> pluto man <laughs> yeah he's out there um but you know you, having a life like this, of you know, beating the shit out of yourself and all that, you got to be a little crazy. Got to be nuts, you know, especially that, you know, the very competitiveness. But you know what? I, I will have to say, there's not one movie that we've done so far, personally, that I regret doing. And this oh, no, is certainly, no, of course, not another one. Of this is, I mean, as bad as we say it is with with stars, I don't regret doing it. I'm glad I finally saw it. I knew at one point I would have to see it. I saw it. Oh, this is totally why not see it for this for this podcast. circa like ni- you
2: know 1990. You rented this yeah, with Martin and Chris. Of course, that would have been a great sleepover. Of course,
1: you know. I mean, this is this is <laughs> you, you. were there too. You know. We, this is this is this is it. This is what you're doing. This, then you then we you do wrestle in the basement afterward. We,
2: yeah, well, we got in trouble.
1: Yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> How many times we you you come over? Broke in the bed. Yeah, well, did we
2: break the bed? No, we didn't. But I remember, you know, just fooling around when you're kids, you know. You know, like yeah. bodies like jumping on beds with your friends all pretend wrestling. Oh. You <laughs> I and did. I have, uh,
1: of, of, of what do you call it, have gotten to the point where my my, my dad's like, when's it going to end? Oh, yeah. We're well, so loud.
2: loud. We're we'll, we'll, ro- we'll get rowdy. Yeah, Not a physically rowdy. This but was last a lot week. Of, a lot of laughing and carrying on.
1: Yeah, my dad's like, Jesus Christ, how old are you guys? <laughs> 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 Enough. So, um, on the floor, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all <laughs> right. Um, so this is again pushed out the movie that we had planned for a month now. We, we
2: did, I uh, know. So, we we still haven't revealed it. So yeah, all so we can say is that, uh,
1: same we said 1990, a uh, big cast, and uh, it's, and it's a fun one,
2: it's gonna be a fun. One. I think people will enjoy that cast whenever, yeah. whenever it finally, and it's funny <laughs> because <laughs> the we've, been, we've been
1: living in this era, uh you know we we this movie that we were going to put out is 1990 last week we did State of Grace is 1990 this movie is 1989 yeah well, uh, I mean the whole you know, are so it's
2: not too surprising because I mean I feel like when we came up with the conception of doing a show like this the idea of a sleepover movie that was the era of our childhood sleepovers yeah, you, know, you know late 80s early 90s was when that was so it's uh, you know a lot of the a lot of what we do kind of focuses on that because that's you know, that's the, w- that's the time in our life that we're being nostalgic for most with this uh, kind of show. So, um, but, we, you know, we stretch out. We stretch our legs. I mean, we've gone way down the alley. We've
1: gone 1933. know, <laughs> we've gone. Uh, we did a lot of plenty of 70s stuff we've done and we done other stuff. We haven't style. done stuff that's. Th- what was the most recent movie we've done? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know.
2: That's a good question. Maybe I don't something know 90s. We, I don't know if we've done anything past the 90s yet. Which is t- not we've a bad ta- thing. We've yeah. talked about doing something. But
1: that's just hard because then then it's it's like kind of put up on a pedestal like that's like the bar which we've talked about doing like like the
2: sleepover classic of the future the modern (laughs) one
1: yeah this is we're making predictions you know um so yeah this is good and then next week we have another one coming out which is going to be uh which is going to be fun it's definitely something that everyone's going to know from their childhood it's a big thing i mean you know i don't know how much what we can do to tease it a little more uh you know it, it it it's another movie that had all cross kind it's of marketing.
2: It's a certain uh it's a certain late 80s into early 90s subgenre of cinema. Yeah. That certainly
1: like everyone knows because it was a speed bump in everyone's lives there because yeah was Plus
2: there. uh it's something that's in a lot of ways a, a subgenre that's had a huge resurgence in yeah. recent years. So yeah.
1: close um, to our hearts. So thank you for listening. Um Check us out on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, check us out on <coughs> iTunes. iTunes, Twitter, Twitter FM, Stitcher, Stitcher, Player
2: FM, PodBay, and basically most of those yeah, popular yeah, streaming services for podcasts You'll find on, us. And you can download f- us on iTunes and our regular site.
1: We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. We said we're, please check out our, our our real site because we put a lot of extras up for each podcast podcast like i don't know how, how we're gonna find extras for this i'm sure
2: i'm sure we'll find yeah, we're gonna so find I'm sure find some wrestling extras
1: oh, even we're not. gonna find like the making of like <laughs> them showing tiny <laughs> maybe i can get like an interview with tiny about him doing this you know and all this stuff and uh yeah so so we do a lot we try to get a lot of like uh unique stuff and a lot of the stuff we have is exclusives i mean sometimes we do have like links to youtube inter- interviews and stuff but sometimes we have some real yeah, sweet sometimes exclusives it'll be
2: stu- you know stuff that we d- originally did yeah uh, an or interview or something not for not for this movie yeah
1: but but interviews we've done in the past with stuff with people that we think is relevant or related we have original art that we own or or stuff that so it's always good if you if you like a particular episode from us and you haven't checked our site out go check the site out you can learn about ourselves and about us but also you can see maybe there's some stuff there that's like further reading we like to call it Further viewing yeah,
2: material or past episodes that you haven't listened to. Yet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot we, of fun stuff. We,
1: we, we, we put we put our whole all into every single thing we do. Oh,
2: it's been about a year and a half that we've yeah, been doing
1: this for twenty years. We've <laughs> been doing this shows
2: since before podcast yeah. it was even a
1: thing. Yeah, it was back when we used to we were on the uh, we were on the ham radio <laughs> <laughs> on a Saturday See night. Me. <laughs> Who is this? Yeah, we're just Get we're off doing the our, line. <laughs> We're doing our episode of our weekly podcasters. So, <laughs> all right, thank you very much. Uh, and um,
2: all right, brother, listen, listen up, brother. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> we're to tell you something, brother. Next time you're going down <laughs> to downtown. Later.